What's going on, boys, girls, NBs? This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat Podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. I am the Duke of Derbs. This is my good brother, Charlie. I almost called you fucking Brady. That would have been a fucking wild poll. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's been on this podcast before, but he's definitely not my co-host on this show. Fucking Christ. Um, yeah, so there was like a, like a shit ton of, Jesus Christ, Kat, are you okay? Oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a shit ton of wrestling this week, um, to cover and, and, and review. So <clears throat> just like randomly off the top, um, there's going to be a couple things we add to the show this week. So for example, there's going to be our normal reviews and stuff like that of Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, and, um, and fucking Christ, what is the other? Ring of Honor? Jesus Ring Christ, of Ring, Khan. Khan. Ring of Khan. Um, not think of that show for a second. You know what? The, the, that ref, that's reflective of how good Ring of Honor was this week. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and so we'll do those reviews as normal. But then we're also going to at the end of all that. Obviously, we're going to tack on Battle of the Belts because that happened this week as well. And we're also at some point during the news going to talk. I don't know how long, but we will talk about the G1 because, as you all know, we've been following New Japan pretty closely this year. I think we've honestly not missed shit from New Japan, to be honest with you. Um, so, uh, except for like maybe like one pay per view that we were just like, eh, we've been know, even been hitting New Japan strong this year. So, yeah, we literally, I mean, they, been hey, all in on it. <laughs> hey, hey, see what you did there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that being that being said, though, um, we'll get into our normal orders of business and stuff like that. Um, first of all, being, if it's the first time you're listening to this podcast, you know, you make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And you can follow at Charlie. Sorry. Uh, you can follow Charlie at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Jesus Christ. I can't get through this. You can also follow the podcast at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. And you can make sure you join a little wrestling community for joining over there. If we'll hit you with a follow back, we'll also tweet back at you and or reply to you or hit you with a DM or... I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll give you, we'll give you the tongue action. Um, no, we won't actually do that. Um, <laughs> but, um, maybe we'll do so verbally. Um, but, um, that being said, uh, make sure you leave us that five star frog splash review on whatever platform you have to be listening to this on and hit that follow and or subscribe so you never miss a fucking episode of this amazing podcast. And, uh, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, and also, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do a quick shout out for uh, our, our brother Brady's podcast, uh, More Than a Classroom. You can find it on your on your Spotify feed. I don't know if he's on other. I uh, you know he said he was on other yeah, platforms. Pretty much, well. pretty much on everything that you're going to find us on. And it's it's a really neat podcast. It's kind of taking a look at, uh, you know, he he wants to have more students on and talk about the world of teaching and the world of learning, if you will. So. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting cool. perspective to have on something. Like a lot of people don't give. I feel. I feel like teachers are one group in America that don't get the shine that they deserve. And I've always really respected our, our Brady for, for you know choosing that profession. You know what I mean? Um, and sticking to it because when when I first met him, I actually remember talking to him about wanting to do the same. Um, I just went a different direction in my life, obviously. But you know, uh, oh my god, I just sound like fucking I was dying. But anyway, um, <laughs> the uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, um, you can also. Um, you know, uh, what else was there? There's something, there's some, I'm missing something here. I'm not sure what it is. My brain is melted into a million pieces. Charlie, what am I missing here? Um, I, I, I think we're all good. You know what we might be. And so in that case, uh, it's time to go to the best part of the show, in my opinion, which is the beginning of the show with our favorites. And it's a even episode of the podcast this week, Charlie. So you have the go. <laughs> I got the easy got? pick this week, huh? Um, you guys know what it is. It's best two out of three falls match. FTR. That's Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, our AEW Tag Team Champions, defending their belts against Bullet Club Gold, the team of Juice Robinson, Jay FDR White. FDR stands for Fuck the Runtime! 
Fuck the runtime. We had 90 minutes of wrestling this week on Collision. 90 minutes in three matches. Yeah, there was the House of Black thing, but well, three matches. Um, no, dude, I, I, where do I, where do I even start with this? Um, let's let's say this. I think in a world where I believe AEW has the best tag division on the planet, I think you you have somehow have developed another tag team in Juice Robinson and Jay White that have naturally gotten over. And it's because everyone's falling in love with the shtick, with the gimmick. You got the gun club featured in the Bullet Club intro now, which I think is a nice touch for those guys. And dude, I mean, last week, this was one of our favorite matches. They went out here and had a fucking, had honestly a classic. And this match, it was even better. Dude, they let them go for over 60 minutes. I mean, dude, are you kidding me? And I know... There, was there some dead time in the beginning? Sure. And I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. If you weren't buying into what they were selling with working Dax Harwood down, there was a lot of that. And it went the distance. But for me personally, I enjoy matches that set up like this. I enjoy matches that set the tone, which is why I'm such a sucker for a fucking 60-minute New Japan match. Like, I, I, I enjoy that shit. Yes, you can start balls to the wall like we did multiple times with... um. Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, and that can work too, where the majority of your stalling is in kind of like the three quarters of the way through the match when they're selling each other's moves out. You know what I mean? Whereas FTR and Bullet Club Gold, we worked it in the beginning. And this was, I thought the pace was fantastic. And dude, I, I can't believe we're getting something like this on national television. This is a legit pay-per-view match. And, you know, there's been some talk about FTR's tag reign and you know, they were kind of, they, the, the first program they did, it was okay. It wasn't great, but you and I just, we kind of agreed like, yeah, this is just the first chapter in a great title reign. They come to collision. They're working. If they're not working the main event, they're not working, right? They've been <laughs> treated as the top guys. And here we are with a fucking, it's a match of the year contender. And that's including Osprey and Kenny Omega from January 4th. Like, this match is that level. This is fucking fantastic. The fucking, the different story beats that they hit throughout this, the psychology that they're telling, the chemistry that these guys, dude, there's like, there's so much going on towards the end of this match, especially, I'm learning so much more about Juice Robinson as a professional wrestler. Like, the layers of this guy, I didn't think, I'm going to be honest, dude, I didn't think he was capable of this. I've watched Juice Robinson for years now. It's I've funny never, because I always thought in the I've never seen him this good. Seeing him like as like a, a edge member of the Bullet Club for years, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was like always Even regarded as good, but never really got an opportunity in Japan to really show what he could do, in my opinion, you know? Um maybe one or two times, you know. Never um, got this oppor- an opportunity like this. Right. Um like Finn Juice is regarded as a really good team, right? But like um like a, I, a really good team, but I feel like I never had you know I always thought of him as they, at the time dangerous techers. I'm I'm falling in love with their matches that much more, right? Right, 100%. So it's like, you know, you're playing this game. But and I always kind of felt like he had something there. Like, yeah, you don't exactly. get, like, mixed in with the group of guys that he was mixed in with unless you got something, you know? Like, they all they all know what they're looking for when they're forming. Right. Like, that era of Bullet Club is so talented. It's ridiculous, you know? Like, And to see where they're at now, and Jay White has been 
such a success for AEW. You know, we do our awards at the end of the year and a couple of them are you know, like breakout star and our favorite signing of the year. Who the fuck's going to top Jay White for favorite signing? I don't know because this, this has just been, I'm I mean, telling you, there's only one, there's only one that can. And if it and happens, she's going like, to get it. It's, it's almost equivalent to what we had Tony Storm doing last year in the sense of she came in, she made her mark instantly and she's featured in the highest programming possible. I think Jay the White, only person that would actually beat him would be if, if if Mercedes comes to AEW this year, then it's chalk. There's no yeah, chalk. You it, know what I mean? Easily could be. And yeah. Um just genuinely a masterpiece. I think as of right now, it's definitely in my top three AEW tag matches of all time. I'd have to really sit back, look and reflect on that. But and I, I hold the tag division in such a high priority. Cause when AEW launched, that was one of the things that really interested me. It was my love for tag team wrestling that spawned from NXT and spawned from what the young bucks were doing in new Japan. And it's just like, you mix both of these, the greatest NXT tag team ever, as well as like the young bucks, like we were just saying, and and you create this thing that I just, I'm so into and I'm happy FTR retained because I, I, it's crazy. AW already had the best tag team division in the world, and then you add these dudes on top of that. You bring <laughs> you bring a Bullet Club Gold. We got Aussie Open still on the shelf. I mean, oh my fucking god, dude. Um, yes, I just uh, I I can't glaze this enough, and I don't want to go beat for beat on moves. It's just impossible for an hour long match. But that is my thoughts on this match, Duke. What did you think of this match, and uh, what was your favorite this week? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a really like just a clinic and like long, well structured, long and well structured uh, tag team wrestling. Like it's like we talk often about FTR being just above everybody else when it comes to tag team wrestling because of that pure, pure pureness of their style, the old school throwback style that they love. Um, and uh, Dax, um, this was a Dax match. I mean, all matches that Dax is a part of are kind of Dax matches to some extent, right? Because it's kind of the way he just does things because he's really, really smart and everybody knows it, you know what I mean? When it comes to wrestling, but um, <laughs> he's this the one was that takes pure, the heat. Yep. Yes. It was a pure Dax match where he just, you could tell that he wanted this, that he, everything that happened happened in the order that it was supposed to happen and it was logical and it never felt like this match dragged and it never felt like it was uninteresting and it never felt like the pace like really, really truly, like you said it was like a little bit of dead time. Honestly, like if we're watching a new Japan like thirty minute match. There's dead time in that. Yeah, movie. I don't think exactly. we really complain about that. You know, so like you know, it's um, one of those things. Is if you there's a lot of people that can get you know they can't get into new Japan matches because of that, right? And that was existing in this match. However, me personally, I like I like old, that stuff. Like, you know, like if you go to like I watch an old Broadway from like the fucking fifties. Well, not from the fifties. It'd probably be really weird in the fifties. It'd be way different. But like if you watch like I don't know, like something from the like eighties, because in the nineties they had like all those short matches, right? But like if you watch something from like the eighties, like a Bret Hart Shawn Michaels long match, I, I bet they have a little bit of a build up to it because you can't oh, absolutely just, you have to get there. You can't just yep. start. There are. I've watched 30 minute matches where they go balls to the wall the whole time. It's cool, but that's like you, certain people do that and you can't, you can't do that all the time. I mean, look, so. look at punishment Martinez and, and, uh, Marty scroll under 10 go, minutes. Yeah. The, the, the highlight clip you can make of that match. You could tell someone it was 30 minutes and what they did in under 10 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So, um, the crowd was super into this, you know, uh, the kind of the story they were telling was like Dax and Cassius had like nothing to put the two of them away. 
and Bullet Club Gold seem to have a counter for everything all the way up until when one of them gets finally hit by the Shatter Machine and an open opportunity for them to get the pen, you know what I mean? Like, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, Dax, Dax and Cash is the best, like, uh, that's uh, telling a story in the ring. And I think they managed to do that here in a really interesting way. Cause you have these kind of goofy characters on the other side, but they're also like, it's weird. They're goofy as fuck, but they're also one of the most serious tag teams in the division, too. It's crazy. I don't know how they managed to like, ride that line perfectly. Like, I, I think it's crazy. It's, it's a weird, it's almost kind of like the Orange Cassidy effect where, like, we know they're fucking goofs, but we also know that, like, they're the most dangerous goofs in the goddamn locker room. Like, that motherfucker might be the laziest bitch alive, but he's also, like, he, he, he will catch you slipping in the most simple way, and you'll lose, and you'll ch- your championship's gone. So it's like, you know, like, ugh, it's cool. Um, I didn't expect them to do, like, a, a counter to the powerplex. Um, that was pretty cool. Not Not because I didn't think that's a move that could be countered. It just seems like the kind of move that you just throw in there every now and then, and like the fact that you would even come up with a counter for that, like, and it was a one that like even made sense with like a frog splash, like you get the knees up and then the frog splash the other guy. I mean, it's just like, you know, sm- really smart stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, the ending of the match I really liked with the Dax lowering the knee, the knee pad so they could get more torque back on, on the sharpshooter. That's, that's really cool. Um, I think he's done that before, but like, I just think it, it fit here and winning with a sharpshooter, you know, right before we were going to get the finals of the ONR tournament, there's just some, some nice, some nice, some nice symbology to that. You know, um, definitely. But yeah, I guess I'll jump into my favorite, which uh, was it though. So we're we love we love to bookend our shows here. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, God damn, I'm trying to fucking speak, everybody. I'm, I've been having I, I for that entire four hours I was streaming earlier. I was having trouble speaking too. I don't know why. I, my throat's just all kinds of fucked today. <laughs> Oh, it's CM Punk taking on Ricky Starks in the finals of the Owen Hart Cup. Um, boos for Bunker Bud. Actually, it was a bit of a mixed crowd, but there was some initial boos uh, when he came out. Yeah. Uh, there was also a sign in the crowd that said Crying Manchild Punk. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a sign. Um, we also got the announcement during the match that Jushin Thunder Liger was going to present the cups to the uh, winners, which did not happen. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of, sort of, maybe not really. Yeah. It, it didn't really happen, but I, I get why they did that kind of somewhat. I mean, we'll talk about it. All right. Uh, Punk did some Bret Hart stuff, you know, cause he knew he was being positioned as the heel in this case. I mean, he wasn't being positioned as it. It just kind of, you know, you got to go with the flow sometimes. Uh, he had a every time he hits the Pepsi, every time he hits the, every time he hits the Pepsi twist, I call it out. So here we go. Got a little Pepsi twist in there. Um, okay. So there was this cool spot. Uh, where there's like a pile driver and it was like out of a corner leapfrog. So, so someone, you know, those like, like little corner leapfrogs where someone goes up to hit the, like move in the corner and they just leap over him. Well, I think I, I want to say it was, maybe it was punk did it. I forget one of, I, whatever. It doesn't really matter. One of them goes to do that little leapfrog move over, gets caught and, uh, then is caught and brought into a pile driver position and then is pile driven and it was only for two. Like that was just like it's a cool spot. Like I don't know, it's a, it, it, I didn't do a good job of explaining it, but like if you saw it in real time, you'd be like, "Oh shit, that was pretty cool." Um, and then after that, Punk went for a GTS, is blocked, and then it was leading to a spear, which Punk then fell out of the ring. So it's like almost like I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it just worked out that way. You know what I mean, um, like I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of Punk's head. Like, did, was he was he trying to get out of the ring there because he's being the bad guy, or is he like, is he doing that because like he just fell that way? Yeah. And it's luck, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's I, probably just luck, right? You know what I mean? Like, 
might have been a little luck in there, but you never know with him. He's you never know. He la- there's layers. That's why I try to say because there's layers with CM Punk matches. Like, was it intentional? Was he falling out of the ring? Is that supposed to be like I don't know? You know, he like he loves to do shit like that. So you know, take away from that what you will. You know, um, then he hit Star Stars under their spear. It's countered to a front face. Like I honestly thought the match was ending right there, dude. I'm not even gonna lie to you because it was locked on tight, and I was like, where's Ricky yep. going, dude? This is over. You know. And that'd be a cool finish to a tournament match like that. You know what I mean? But then Rookie got his foot on the ropes, break the hold. Then they hit Punk, set him up on the top rope. He hit a Hurricane Rana off the top rope, got countered into a couple of trades of roll up. Ricky then grabbed the middle rope. Heal Ricky to get the win. No, no, it's probably not heal Ricky. Although, when he went to get the cup from Liger, he kind of did a little disrespect to the one of the greatest, not even, the, not even one of the, the greatest junior heavyweight of all time. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Like, goddamn, Ricky, calm down, buddy. Who the hell do you think you are? Goddamn. Hey, yeah, he just beat CM Punk. He's pretty good. So, you know. But still, you know, uh, Charlie, C- CM Punk has fallen. It is Ricky Starks is your Owen Hub, Owen Hart Cup finals winner. Yeah. Um, so, give me your thoughts on that in the match as well. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I just, I got to tell you, I was, I, I I was pretty passionate this week and it was kind of building towards collision in the sense of I had this overgrowing passion in me that I was like, fucking Ricky Starks, man, ever since the MJF thing, he's been on the up, the up, the up. We, I jokingly said when this tournament was first announced, the only member was Ricky Starks. I said, well, we know, who our, we know who our winner is. Cause I was, he's one of our four pillars, you know, Danny Garcia, Ricky Starks, Wheeler Yuta, Dante Martin, our personal four pillars of Eat Sleep Elite. But he's one of our guys. So I was like, but at the same time, it made sense. I'm like, okay, why, why else would we be putting him in this fucking tournament? Him and Jack Perry have had such a heavy focus this year of pushing them towards the main event. We want them to be two of our future world champions. I'm like, here you go. You're facing the ultimate juggernaut himself. You're facing CM Punk. And I, I kept thinking to myself, some of our cornerstones of this company, they're not afraid to put over the next guy. John Moxley. Chris Jericho, CM Punk. I'm tossing him in there. He's not afraid to do it. He's been pinned now by three different people. Those people, John Moxley, MJF, our current world champion, and now Ricky fucking Starks. I'm so happy for the guy. I got it. This is the biggest win of his career by a mile. He's the Owen Hart Cup champion, you know, and, and the heel question is an actual thing going around and. We even had one of our buddies, Dart, who's probably going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks. He's finally got a new mic and stuff, so he's he's been wanting to come on. So he'll probably be on here in a couple of weeks. And even he mentioned to me today, he said, "Uh, you know, it did Ricky Starks just turn heel?" And the, here's you could interpret it as that. And I think this is left open for your own personal interpretation until we find out what's happening next week. I took this as this is almost the Padawan outsmarting the master, right? This is. This is your your young, you know, CM Punk's the ultimate player. He'll do what he's got to do to win, right? He'll sneak a win. He's, he snuck that victory over Samoa Joe last week, right? So Ricky Starks knew what he had to do. He saw an opportunity. He took it. He just speared him twice in, in, into that beautiful, uh, is the Anaconda Vice into the foot on the rope by, uh, as Ian Riccoboni. How great was Ian Riccoboni? Oh, my God. Incredible. All night, Ian Riccoboni was incredible. And the, the, you know, he, the, a shoelace, shoelace on the ropes. It saved his ass. And, you know, yeah, I'm just so happy for Ricky Starks. I think CM Punk, 
I, I, so this is why we brought him back. He can build stars. He himself is a star. He's one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling today. If not the biggest, you know, it, you I know, I think it's arguable. I toss think, him I mean, and Roman think, in there. I, I think, I think Roman, I think Roman is the biggest, uh, um, I think Roman is the one like that if you could steal from WWE just so they couldn't have him, he would take him. But I don't think he's I don't like I'm going to ask you a question. If Roman Reigns came to AEW, what what do you think he could actually do that he hasn't already had the ability to do in the WWE? That he hasn't already done. I mean, he could maybe showcase that he's some insane wrestler. Right. But. What I was thinking was CM well, we already Punk, know that. Like we've seen him have, he can have. We've he's against guys like Brock, against guys like you know uh, AJ Styles. He has these yeah. really good matches. He can do it. But we just know what we're gonna get. From Even him. against he, Sammy, yeah, absolutely. But I think I think your three biggest names in wrestling today are Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, CM Punk. And I the fact that CM Punk is in this in the company that we cover, it's in AEW. It's the company we love, and he just put over Ricky Starks, someone who we know. Could be the next. He he's he's like a blue chip prospect right now, just like MGF because he's got that extra layer of him as already having this incredible skill on the mic. One of the biggest criticisms is a lot of these guys just don't have that mic ability yet to tra- get the crowd to care while they're live. And you know we've we've gone on and on. You don't have to you don't have to be able to talk. You can go out there and not say a word for six months and get over. It it. it it's just another layer of selling your character, right? And that's what I think just makes Ricky Stark so incredible. And I think Punk deserves a lot of credit for this. I really do. Because he could have been super selfish and said, no, I'm winning that fucking thing. I'm coming back and winning this tournament. And that wouldn't even be selfish. I'm just saying, hypothetically, he could have said that. But he's friends with Ricky Starks, right? It's clear as day. He just wrestled with him in the main event a couple weeks ago. Ricky Starks took the pin in that match. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm over the moon on this. I think our and we'll talk about Willow towards the end of the show today, but I think her winning's a fucking unbelievable call for her too. Because yeah, so all right, Willow's making an excellent case for breakout star right now. Absolutely. So okay. That being said, we're gonna jump into uh, some of our news now, where. And then we'll hit, like we were saying, Ring of Honor, Dynamite, Rampage. You got about five more minutes to talk about Collision <laughs> and Battle of the Belts. We, I think we covered on paper. We honestly, do you want me to just hit the rest of Collision seventy five percent just really quickly since it's like not going to take me that long? To be completely honest with you, like since we just <laughs> talked about the rest of Collision anyway. You know what I mean? Just hit our Willow match. Oh, we'll, we'll go in order. We'll we'll hit it. It'll it'll, it'll okay, make sense. Okay. Okay. Um. Brian Pillman Jr.'s contract that AEW has reportedly expired. His deal was not renewed. And um, when I first, I, I thought the Varsity Blondes were special at one point. It's just never, things have all gone south since. And uh, yeah, they, you know, the writing was on the wall here when they took Varsity away from their names and gave it to Tony Nese and Josh Woods. His team with Anderson, you know, it just became less and less and. Yeah, his last match was uh, February 23rd. Rampage lost to Swerve Strickland. So, uh, good luck to Brian. I hope he finds, you know, another avenue in his career. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, funny little story about this is, yeah, you know, we were talking about this during the week. And I, I had mentioned to you, I'm like, 
where do we think Pillman could even go or, or something along those lines? And you just immediately hit me back with 2.0. And then like two days later, Brian Pillman Jr. training at the WWE Performance Center. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it, it, the reason and like just to clarify for people are like, well, why you, you, you say that you say these things all the time just to give you a little bit of like inside why I thought that. 2.0 is very raw talent a lot of times. And I would say for AEW guys, that's where he's at right now. You know, like he could have been easily, if there was still a dark, probably like a year from now, ready to go. Um, but it's just, it's not, we're not at that stage anymore with AEW. We needed to move past dark. We, we have yeah. Ring of Honor now. And if you need people that you want to try and try stuff out, you can do it there now. Um, that was the, that was the, when this was rumored way before it was actually a thing, you know what I mean? This was the selling point. You know what I mean? Like was that you could have ring of honor as essentially your dark, you know what I mean? And yeah. rampage can kind of work that way for the other show to an extent, but it's still going to be a main show. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And you're going to have, now it's go time. The roster is full. We have plenty of talent. We have people we know we can trust. We've seen over the last couple of years now, as we've you know acquired these different people and building out the roster, establishing the women's division, now it's go time. You know what I mean? Um, he's not ready for go time. And him and a lot of other people. I mean, you know, I, we, something you said to me and not, not to, not to like be disrespectful to anyone on the AW roster because I've never wrestled a match. And I always like to say that when I make comments like this, but it's something that Kenny Omega said a while ago, right? Like it was a promo. So like how much of it was real, right? But who knows? Me, he's Kenny Omega is a shooter. You know what I mean? He will, he will be honest with you sometimes, you know? he said it would not have hired half the people that are there, you know, like, yeah, I don't know about half, right. That's, that's a little harsh. You know what I mean? I, I genuinely think it was like 85% is what he said, but like also, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like he, also like there's a, there are plenty of people. I don't think that with, whether it being go time, we're ready to not compete, but we're ready to try and turn this into something huge. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to go to potentially, because I'm sure we'll get to it in the news next, the possibility of 12 pay-per-views a year, you know? I mean, if that's where we're headed, you know what I mean? Then we are going to need some extremely talented wrestlers to be able to fill out some of these slots on some of these cards because you're going to need it. I mean, you just are. And television is going to need to be a lot tighter, you know what I mean? Because there's going to be even more people on it, you know? So it's, it's, I, I, it's, it's, you know, well, it'll be interesting to see which contracts also expire because he's not the only one in that position right now. There are plenty of people that are just, there, there's a couple I can see coming up right now that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if it pops up that, uh, you know, all of a sudden he's gone. So yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't it just Fuego just a couple of months ago now? Like, or Fue- like, very you recently, like, yeah, or- Fuego. Might have so, been like two and weeks. Fuego is one of those ones that I almost thought that if you just reworked him a little bit and had him like stop being such a goof, you know what I mean? Like and he could to, definitely be a legit wrestler. Yeah, not to cherry pick on certain people, but like if this same story pops up about Griff next week, are we going to be terribly like surprised? No, it, 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 won't, it he doesn't really work anymore, you know. So there's certain people you're just like, huh? Yeah, I only mentioned Griff's his former tag partner, but yeah. And right on cue, you you mentioned the pay-per-view schedule. So there's been a, a, a buzz this week about Fightful Select. They said, AW and Warner Bros. Discovery are deep into their negotiations to extend their deal. However, this could come with a big change. Sources from Warner Bros. Discovery have, have confirmed that a major proposal to AW relates to the expansion of the company's pay-per-view events. And the idea here is it may be expanding its pay-per-view schedule to 12 events a year 
which is according to some recent reports. Now, I I am of two. Here's where I am on this. I love that AEW has five or six pay per views a year. It makes them matter that much more, right? Tony Khan is big on traditions. He I mean, it, next week we're getting Royal Rampage again. I mean, this is this guy loves traditions. He's he wants to build traditions within AEW, and I can already see it now. A lot of our main, you know, dynamite rampage events that we get, right? Blood and Guts is next week. That would be a pay-per-view. Grand Slam, Bash at the Beach. These are all TV events. They just moved to pay-per-view. Quake at the Lake, if he wants to bring that shit back. Bro, the Quake at the Lake pay-per-view would be amazing. Like, it, it could happen. And personally... I don't know why I'm saying personally so much tonight. Whatever. It's the word of the night. Um, I, I like our TV events. It makes AW special. You know, it's, it's, we're going to, we just had a 60 minute fucking wrestling match on collision this week. And five days later, we're going to get a blood and guts match on TV between the Blackpool combat club and the golden elite. Like are you fucking kidding me. I, I don't think that, that this would necessarily mean that those are going to go away. Because Grand Slam is still one of the biggest AEW yeah. events every year. You know it's mean? a so big like, event, I, but I, if I we're think... going to one pay-per-view a month, that would be a September one. <sighs> would it, yeah. You could have Grand Slam and a pay-per-view in the same month. I don't know why I mean, not. You, sh- you sure could, but that you know what? They already do. All out September 3rd. So okay, There you go. You know. We'll just have to see how it all works out. Um, what are your thoughts on the twelve? I mean, uh, you can see. I'm kind of tell you. I'm gonna so. tell everybody what I said to you. Do you remember what I said to you immediately when we we heard this news? I believe so. We 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 we, we gotta get on streaming before you do this. You have to. Yeah, you just you cannot have twelve pay per views a year and not have any way to rewatch those. There's just you can't. I know technically you can get them on the TNT app. It's, no, actually, I don't think you can. I think those have a special nope. deal with like Bleacher Report yep, or Bleacher something, Report, right? Or whoever the hell they stream through, right? Fifty stiffies. Yep. Yeah, they need to. They need to. They need to get a platform where you can get all of AW because for one, you need to be like that. Well, I, I maintain that you should be able to go back and watch every episode of Dynamite. The timing of this is uh, almost incredible. Because we, you know, there is a writer strike and now an actor strike starting this week, so. Theoretically, you're in search of more TV, hey, and more streaming content. Oh, keeping up with the Kardashians solely existed because of the last actor strike. So, and if you guys are interested more about that, there's a whole bunch of information you can go learn about. It's it's pretty insane what's uh what's all happening. So, but AW, as far as we know, completely not affected. I don't think any of them are unionized writers, actors, you name it. So. I think AEW and all that is completely in its own different realm. And then, like, let's just say that some of them were. I'm sure AEW would allow them to meet any obligations yeah. they have to. Ryan Nemeth, we've seen him on the picket lines in BTE. So, so there, there you go. They're allowing him to do that. So they obviously don't have a problem with it. So yeah, yeah but um, that's that's my the opinion. timing of that. Get on could, could work out. Maybe we get. Maybe this this gives us that nudge to go to max. Because I mean, yeah, because twelve pay per views a year without streaming. I mean, I'm sure WWE would love that, but I mean, like, I just don't see what their what their interest in it is. I mean, obviously, bigger brand, you know, what I mean, sells yeah. more for their television and stuff like that. But I mean, 
you know, there's got to be a longer term game with that, I would think. And streaming feels like having wrestling pay-per-views that you can only get on their streaming platform sounds like something they would want, you know? So, I mean, I, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not the I, I believe I the WWE on Peacock has been a great success for Peacock in terms of live viewership at one time. So I can only imagine this would help Max's viewership for that many people in the app at one time. Um, but, you know, this is actually leads right into our next little news. AW All In. Uh, Andrew Zarian on the, uh, on his Matt Men podcast. Excuse me. He did confirm that All In will be a pay-per-view event. So it's been a lot of theories on what All In might be, but it sounds like they're just going back to back, two pay-per-views back to back weeks. That's a hundred buckaroonies. So they, uh, those cards better be looking nice. No, it's two just, buckaroonies. They're the young ones. Hey, two buckaroonies, two counterfeit bucks. No, um, but yeah. So empty at a dumb fart. <laughs> and before we jump into a little more AEW news, let's uh let's hit this G1 climax. So we've actually been kind of keeping little notes of our feelings per each match. Something I really wish we did during the Super Juniors, but I didn't think of it until our uh good brother Brady, uh, who we shouted out earlier on the podcast. We are he we actually watched uh night one of the G1 with him and he he just started listing off match ratings, and I'm like, son of a bitch. We should actually keep note of that since we're, we've been watching all these together lately anyways. So I'm like, okay, that'll keep a perfect like idea in our mind of what we've been watching. So, so night one of the G1, it was, uh, we opened up with the A and B blocks where I, I'm going to say this. We together had three matches that we felt pretty comfortable on and I could definitely recommend. And oh, if you guys have ever been interested in the G1, it's actually free these first two episodes. Straight up, just go to NewJapanWorld.com. You don't even have to make an account. I sound like a shill for the company, but seriously, we had a couple of our buddies literally watch this with us that have never watched New Japan. Literally never seen a so, second of New Japan, hardly, or, or maybe... They've definitely never watched anything on New Japan like, World. They might have watched it on YouTube and yeah, shit, like, fucking... Like, yeah, but, this, this was their first, like, true New Japan experience. But, so, the match that I was highest on here was Shota Umino Ren Narita. I thought, these are... They have a lot to prove. They were just named the new Riawa Musketeers. You know, these are the th- new three Musketeers. The two of them this is the first singles match since that announcement. They had a lot to fucking prove. They go out there. They have a draw. I thought it was fucking incredible. Um, Shota Umino kind of wrestles with this brawler style where you have Ren Narita, this technician. And I just, I think this is the first singles match of a future classic down the road. I could see these guys headlining the Tokyo Dome going against each other 1v1 world championship on the line and i thought it was beautiful and from what i got here the match that you you hung with the most here you had taichi with Lospray, where we had taichi pick up the victory uh, mine was a draw if i didn't mention that but we had taichi beat uh will osprey would you what would you think of that one just did just clicked with you right now taichi <clears throat> right now taichi for anyone that has uh, been paying attention to the coverage that i've been doing of new japan for the for us this year well not not that i've been doing the coverage but like the cover when i've been the my my like takes on the coverage that we've been doing. I don't know if that sense it's not happening. Alright, anyway. Um the um the opinion I've had about Taichi has been super high. Um because he's very much a throwback to the all Japan style of the nineties and stuff like that. Um if you look at who like trained him and stuff like that, you're like, Oh, th- that totally yep, that checks out. You know what I mean? Um uh yeah, he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan right now. Like when he won the KOPW title, I didn't think there was going to be anybody that came along that was going to be good enough to beat Shin, you know, Shingo this year that I was like cuz Shingo was just I mean, he was my favorite wrestler in New Japan there for a little while. Like he was just having great matches as KOPW champion, you know. Two um, of my favorites of the year, easily. Yeah, honestly. 
genuinely. Um, and then Tai Chi really, really came in and just, we were, we were literally sitting here watching the Tai Chi match. We were like, bro, is Tai Chi winning this? What is happening? We didn't, we had no idea who Tai Chi, but we, we knew who Tai Chi, you knew who Tai Chi was from his tag, his tag history with Zack Sabre Jr. But like, um, I had never even seen the guy. Like that was my first experience with Tai Chi. Well, I mean, I'd seen him probably, but I had I just didn't know much. This was like my first time really getting deeply into New Japan this year. And um, he's just really been impressing me and every, I've not seen him. I mean, Charlie, we've, since we've seen him with a title and since like with the lead up to that, I don't think he's had a bad match. It's kind of crazy, you know, like, no, um, just love his style. So, and then you throw Will, who is just on a fucking monster streak of matches this year too. It's just like a collision of two different, like these Titans that are just having these match after match of just incredible. And like, Will is like, it's like, it's like when we get Will versus Eddie, if we get it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's that all the respect for that style of all Japan mixing with the actual stylistic choice. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just everything that I love in a match and all the references. And like, there's just something about this G1 this year. That's like a mixing of the history and like having a guy from Noah there is also, it feels like this is almost like a love letter to all Japan this year. It's kind of cool. Like I, I, I really love what we're seeing so far. Yeah, well put, well put, and yeah, those guys, good, really good stuff out of them. So uh, we just had Yoshi, uh, the rest of the night one. We had Yoshihashi beat ELP. We had Chase Owens beat Gabe Kidd. We had Tongaloa beat Kenta. We had Okada beat the Great Okan. Kaita Kiyomaya beat uh, Yotasuji. Kiyomiya, I always say Maya. Kiyomiya beat Yotasuji. That was uh, the other match that we really re- loved the most. And then um, uh, our main event where Sonata beat uh, Hikuleo. So night two. We had David Finley beat Tomohiro Ishii. We had Hiroki Goto defeat Toru Yano. Mikey Nichols defeat Hanare. Shane Haste defeat Coughlin. And then I think the match you and I both like the most, we had our guy, Eddie Kingston, go out there and just have a true fucking Japanese strong style beat the shit out of you. I want to make sure you can't sleep tonight match where he picked up the victory over Shingo Takagi. Someone we, you just talked about, fantastic year as always. And I really just, it made me so happy to see Eddie Kingston in this role. He's a fucking champion. And dude, I, I just, so happy for Eddie, you know? And I know, I know you got to be feeling the same with Eddie, right? I mean, just come on. Oh, 100%. He's, 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 right now, Eddie is eating big time. And I honestly, like, the more I, more I think about it, I'm like, bro, what? Why can't Eddie win this tournament, bro? Why can't he? You Fuck know, it. Why, Send what, it to what's the stopping him? We have Sonata, a world champion. Fucking Master Wado just won the Super Juniors. Everything is on the table here. I have no idea who can win this. And I, can, I, I love knowing that New Japan is so unpredictable right now. Like, this is, this is awesome. You know, we got the War Dogs happening right now. Who met Alex Coughlin? Holy fuck. I, I, I didn't think this was like the best match I've ever seen of him, but just his new character. Also, I just, I'm we, we really enjoyed what Cobb did. We just actually, we just actually, I'm not even a lot of it. We just actually kind of just caught that recently. Like we were yeah. right before we were about to kick off, we were watching that and uh, Cobb is still sitting in my mind. Like Cobb had a very good cop. Like Cobb, like we were talking about this while we were watching the match. Like he, he you know, it can, it can sometimes be hit or miss with him depending on the opponent, depending on the, the situation. Even sometimes he gets a good opponent. It's like, uh, you know, like, this was a really good cop match, and you can, I think that's kind of the cop we're going to get throughout this tournament. I think main event cobber. Um, yeah, we had the just the other results from night two. We had Zack Saber Jr. beat Hiroshi Tanahashi. We had Evil beat Tamatanga. 
And yeah, Jeff Cobb picking up the main event victory over Tetsuya Naito, who was my prediction to win this tournament. So not the uh, greatest start for Naito, but Master Waddle Shitter. lost his first match too, right? So hey. Dude, I don't even remember who I predicted. I've got no idea. I don't even know. I I don't know. I I, I fucking wrote it down too, but I just uh, – we'll come across it. We'll find it one day. And um, – because I'm almost certain I, I wrote down our final fours and everything. I just don't know where I put them. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I actually have mine written down somewhere. I I, I have my notes here. I yeah. Mean. So, um, yeah, that was the G1 climax. And if you guys think like that way, we did that more than you know just running beat by beat through the card. Let us know. Just hit a little DM on Twitter. Like, hey, that actually, I'm down. If you've never watched New Japan, check out those matches. We we recommend. So. It's the best we can say. Eddie Kingston, Chingo, fucking, you know, we can't recommend that enough. It, you will enjoy yourself. But Eddie Kingston, in post-match, cut a little bit of a promo. And I think this promo is going to interest a lot of people because in this promo, he said he wants to face Shingo Takagi in AEW. Oh, dude, I actually know exactly what I read. He I challenged I Shingo to a rematch. At AEW All In or All Out during his post-match media scrum. And dude, I gotta oh, tell you, this hell yeah, give this me that gets now. my fucking Jimmy's rustling I'm, I'm getting a little tingly. 100%. Oh, by the way, I looked at my notes and uh, I know who I said it was I I had Tai Chi. I had Tai Chi winning, which so far so hey, good. Dude, honestly? Just five guys. You never just know. five guys main event. I mean, hey, 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 hey you know what I'm saying? Like give me what I want. Finals, you know what I mean? Ian Riccoboni, after phenomenal callings on um, Collision and Battle of the Belts, he we have word that he has signed a multi-year contract with AEW. So hell yeah, that's what I like to hear. Keep the it, Riccoboni zone sticking around in for here. a little longer. And as AEW is now the Riccoboni, the Riccoboni zone. So with Kevin Kelly, you know he's going to be the go-to guy on Collision, but he is the New Japan guy, and that was part of the deal. And you know. We were wondering when they announced Kevin Kelly, like, is it going to be Ian? It's got to be Ian. It's got to be Ian, right? It has to be. It's fucking Ian. And he crushed this role. God, I loved his little outfit. He looked like he's having a good time. And yeah, so he will be staying within the Tony company, Tony Khan companies for years to come. And yeah, we'll see him call in ring action for both AEW and Ring of Honor. I mean, we're going to see him call AEW, I believe, like the next four weeks. So good start for him here. And. God, Nigel could just work so well with yeah, him. Yeah, he's going to be getting some good exposure because, I mean, I mean, presumably, right? Probably Nigel's going to have to work um, Death Before Dishonor, right? Yeah. I'm, I'd love that, dude. That's going to be so awesome. How oh, great is it to have Nigel be... back back in commentating? He was so good on NXT. Yeah, but you know what I really want from Nigel. You know what I, I want. Know what Give me what want. I want. I know what you want. Give me what I want. Our sound bites aren't working, working by the way. I just tried to click it. <sighs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, at least we got that intro for you guys. So, okay, a lot of, uh, what the fuck, how do I even talk about this? Uh, the band and acquired moves has been going around, but, you know, at the same notion, everyone said, yeah, these have always been there. You have to get the request from a producer. Like, you have to put in permission to do this in the first place, which is this like the pile driver, which makes thing, common like- sense. And it's like. So basically, what people are assuming is they're never going to be able to do this again. No, no, no. These have always been banned. You have to get a re- you have to get approval to do this, right? So in in recent months, they've clearly had someone go off the rails. <clears throat> MJF 
with the kid. And that probably put a little warning signs in the company like, okay, maybe we should establish these a little more. And I'm going to be honest, I don't even know how the fuck this got out to the public. This is probably meant to stay in-house. So, but they put out a list and it's it's obvious stuff. I don't really want to go through all of it. But I think the other thing that maybe made them double down on this was Daniel Bryan doing his uh, seizure thing. Because we know he's had neck problems. And that is one of the... Uh, the important things noted here, you can't seize your cell. But again, there's been so much back and forth with this. I just want to touch it in case you guys were like, oh, why didn't they talk about that? It's no one fucking knows. I, this, from what we've picked up on, it's always been there. So leave it at that. Um, Jim Ross, he's giving us, a, he kind of gave us a health update on his latest episode of Grillin' JR. And his goal, his, he's hoping to return for AEW All In. Again, we're we're wishing the best for Jr. He just did his one night of collision. If if anybody should be on that show commentating, it's Jr. And I mean, like, I, I would love to see him get like, on there and commentate the CM Punk match. You know, just like he did, hundred percent did for the main event of of Collision his first night. And he had a he had a hard night. Th- he had a hard night that night. And bring him in if you can. If he's got the, if he's able to if he's got the stamina at this point, bring him in for the last couple hours of the pay per view. Yeah, you can do that. Bring him in for the big matches. You know what I mean? I won't hurt nobody. And that was it for our news this week, guys. So. It's time we jump through the matches, and I mean, well, we got to kick off with this Ring of Honor episode. So we got Ring of Honor on Honor Club episode twenty, and you're kicking us off. We have, yeah, Ring of Honor Honor Club episode twenty. It was a uh, there was listen, like I'm I, I it it there was there was some stuff here. So uh, we had. Uh, Matt Seidel segment to open the show. Everybody's favorite promo on Ring of Honor, uh, Matt Seidel. Um, but we didn't have to listen to him talk for long because Prince Nana and Brian Cage came in. And, you know, I might I might have a lot of things to say about Brian Cage. He, he, he can talk a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, he doesn't necessarily need a guy like Nana, but it doesn't hurt to have Nana there. Like, there was literally a moment I think I could see where, where Brian Cage was like, shit, where do I go from here? And he just looked at Nana, and Nana was like, I got you, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, and it's not like he didn't know what to say. I'm sure he could have come up with something, but like, he's just like, uh, you should probably finish this segment. You know, we're, we're here together. You know, like you, you're, you're much better on the mic than me. So, um, but it's just like setting up that, uh, that Matt Seidel and Prince Nana and Ryan Cage are gonna, uh, I, I don't even, what the hell was the point of this segment again? I don't even remember. That's how fucking nothing. This was, was the beginning of the Matt Seidel episode of Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, we had the SAP Serpentico take on a big bill. Um, there wasn't anything really here. Large William was having a little bit of fun throwing the little man around. Don't even give a shit about the finish there. Um, we had an announcement for a ring of honor television championship tournament. That's going to be like four matches. And, uh, yeah. So that happened. pretty good contenders, um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Castle, Neese, Taylor and Sean Dean four, four guys. We like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, or I shouldn't say four matches, uh, four, four people, I should say. And it's just like a quick little, like two matches, you know, throw up, throw together a contender, something they could do occasionally, you know, um, let me make sure I get back to the right part of the thing. We had Athena taking on Ava Lawless in a ring of honor women's world title eliminator match. Um, Ava looked like she hit pretty hard. Uh, she, she might have some stuff here. You never know. Yeah. Uh, four arms of death from Athena. She intimidated the ref and then she cranked back on a cross face, pick up the win. Belt shots, everything afterward, you know. Eh, normal, normal Athena shit. Still don't have it a contender just yet. I mean, we we end up getting her contender this week anyway. But like again, like it's like at the time where it's like who knows what's happening, you know. Yep. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And this was also taped last week, obviously. So, you know, um, we had a job squad, which featured a guy who had the greatest name of all time. The most pronounceable name. What the, most, the fuck the most, was this? The, the most announceable name of all time in wrestling history, Michael Allen Richard Clark. <laughs> I'm so mad because that name has been sticking with me. I'm like, who the fuck is Michael Allen Richard Clark? To be honest with you, it might be he might be a genius, but he Honestly, also might, might be a fucking be. moron. Fuck. Who am I? I'm not Michael right. Allen Richard Clark. That's for fucking sure. Uh, they were taking on Stu Grayson of the Righteous. Um, Evil Luna made an appearance here. Um, uh, yeah, Dutch uh, hit a really nice power bomb. Oh my god! I just clicked on my phone and like, all my notes went like a million. I'm gonna be honest. Right. I had to do a double um, take because I was. I think I was just in a Call of Duty brain set, and I thought Evil Luna was coming to the fucking ring with a rifle. And it just, it, I, it fucking threw me off, man. I don't know where I was going. He, I thought he came to the ring with a rifle, man. I was just, what Evil the fuck's Uno, going on? Evil Uno then proceeded to gun down Dutch, you know, <laughs> with an AR-15. He was no. really showing off um, his violent streak for the righteous, I guess. Jesus. Evil Uno brought the Vaznev out to take down Dutch. No, um. I, I literally thought he was carrying a rifle. Uno, uh, shot a jobber at ringside <laughs> with his rifle. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Evil Uno had attacked a jobber at ringside, I guess, just to prove that he's a hardcore motherfucker. And then uh, the Righteous felt like uh, a turret in that boy, so they had a triple slam of doom on him. Uh, Righteous, you know, for for a storyline that has been really interesting, this was just like, oh, make sure they have a match this week. Uh, And I hate that it felt like that because you're so fucking right. Oh, so I remember what they were setting up in that first segment now. Uh, Brian Cage... Uh, was setting up a fucking six-man world title match with Matt Seidel and two partners, a match everybody was dying to see, um, which we also got confirmed in a backstage segment. We had two fucking promos for Matt Seidel. I don't mean to shit on Matt Seidel, but Hmm. (laughs) man is not the greatest promo in the world. Um, So I, of all people, I mean, I guess if you got to try and give somebody promo time, I guess Ring of Honor is the place to do it. But Absolutely, (laughs) yep. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just, fuck me, I guess, you know, uh, we had legit Layla Hirsch take on Bambi Hall this week. Um, I think maybe with a little bit of time, we'll get back to where Layla was before. Um, I think she's still like, you know, she's getting back into it, you know, uh, she locked on a cross arm breaker for the win here. Pretty, you know, it's pretty standard Layla yeah. Hirsch squash. We're just back. I think, I think we'll get a couple of good opponents for her. I think, um, I heard, was it you? Somebody shouted that she could be the one to potentially beat Athena, you know, like, I'm not sure who that was, but I could see that. You know what I mean? I'd um, like her to get back to, to that change. point. I um, I did I, I did a little recap of her promo from last week, and I, I totally missed it. She said she's in Ring of Honor for good. So I actually kind of like that. Not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, if she becomes like a mainstay in Ring of Honor, you're going to have to have some people that stay. Let's get some new uh, topper like, talent like this in, in Ring of Honor. Yeah, so absolutely. it works for me. 100%. You know, we haven't had a whole lot of permanent women in Ring of Honor yet. Like we have had several that could be, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there'll be some, like, you know, I think we, we had, I didn't want to say, um, Mercedes Martinez has been working Ring of Honor recently, I want to say. Um, not like super recently, but relatively recently. But like, she'll probably make her way back to AEW at some point, cause I'm sure there's still some people there she wants to have matches with, you know? Yeah. Um, some, some other people like that as well. You know, like I could see, um, depending on who they bring back, like, cause some of the older women that just haven't really been wrestling this year, you know, and I'm not sure if that's intentional. Obviously, Thunder Rose has been a little bit hurt, you know what I mean? So, but, um, eh, whatever. Um, Tony Nice took on Dalton Castle. Uh, Tony Nice made a comment about nobody liking the smelly Regina because they were in Regina, Saskatchewan for this show. So, 
uh, that I won't lie that popped me. Um, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an 11 year old, but it's okay. Um, Dalton Castle's entrance is just so goddamn good, dude. So I just, good. I fucking, I just, why do we, why does this man not have a match every single week to singles match? Just giving that entrance, even, even not singles match. Why is Dalton Castle not a main star on Ring of Honor right now? Like, why is he not the main star? Why, why is he not world champion? Why is he not throwing Claudio over the top rope out in, you know, through seven tables to beat him? Like, why is that not what's happening? You know, like, I don't know. Do you, can you explain it to me? Why is he not world champion, Charlie? Explain. Uh, the veganitis. You know what? True. You know we could solve that veganitis with the uh, with the vaccination. So we'll, we'll get some vaccines in there. Um, they get Tony some offense here, but it kind of felt like kind of basically got squashed here. But I mean, you know, it's uh, whatever. It's it's it was Ring of Honor dark this week, basically. So whatever. Bang ring for the win. Shane Taylor took on Sean Dean uh, in the TV title eliminator tournament. Crickets for Shane Taylor, Charlie. Yikes. Um, yep. Not good. Um, I maybe he felt that. Maybe that's why he went hard. He was fucking beating the shit out of goddamn Sean Dean here. I don't know if Sean Dean fucking stole this man's wallet before the match, but goddamn did he have a problem with him. Um, yeah, he, 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 he beat the piss out of Sean Dean, who recently has been like on a bit of a roll. Like he just he just killed this man, Charlie. What what happened here? God, what he what did Sean shit Dean, out of him? And you know what did he do to to Shane Taylor, Charlie? What the fuck? I I think they were really trying to get some heat on the match because they could feel that that the crowd wasn't wasn't buying into what Ring of Honor was selling at this point. So I think that was an attempt and it was going to be like, "Okay, let's go out there and I'm going to fucking lay you up, bud." And he's like, "You know, what, let's do it. Let's put on let's put on a reckon let's put on a, a match people remember." So I'm hoping that the people live really enjoyed that. Because it, it, I'm hoping so. It came across well on TV. This was my favorite match on this uh, show, actually. So yeah, agreed. Um, I I really like Shane Taylor, and I wish they would use him more. But he'll probably lose to somebody next week. <clears throat> um, I mean, obviously he's not going to lose. So, well, I I actually yeah, I don't know if he's beating Dalton Castle. That's going to be a yeah, going to be a good true, match actually. actually. Yeah, it'll be a really good match. I, yeah, but I don't I don't think when I'm actually oh, maybe that maybe that'll be the surprising thing. Like we would think Dalton Give me Castle Shane Taylor wins, versus that's why you give it Shane Taylor. You know, yeah. Shane Taylor versus Samoa Joe would be a great match, you know, so who knows? That being said, though, with the boys taking on the kingdom, uh, Matt Taven um, asked uh, Brent to call him daddy. That was something I caught. Um, take that as you will. Um, Mike Bennett also appears to like to be hit, likes he, he asked to be hit, so he must like being hit. Uh, again, take that as you will. Um, and, uh, you know, even in kind of like a boring match, I still really like the kingdom. Um, the boys offensive arsenal, I think is still missing something. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. Uh, they, it's something that their, their tag matches are fine, but I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's, I, it's not something I can pinpoint, but there's something missing there. I don't know what it is. Um, they picked up the one with the rockstar supernova. Cool looking move there. Um, and in the main event of the evening, we had the Mogul Embassy taking on Matt Slidell, Christopher Daniels, and Darius Martin for the Ring of Honor World Six Man Championships. Um, don't like Toa being beaten digitally here. Don't like that. Sorry, I just don't. Not, 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 my, not a fan. Toa being beat visually. Um, random roll ups by random people. Khan had a similar thing happen a couple weeks ago. Not really a fan of that either. Can we not do this, please? These are supposed to be your big meets. Mom, yeah. What the fuck? Um, <clears throat> And it makes me worried because I think this title range is going to end abruptly soon is what that tells me. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like they're getting all these flash pins that could win, but they just, they're, they're cheating. Like, I, I don't know, man. Um, 
the yeah. last that we have here. Uh, but do you have something? Do you, do you want to add? No, something? no. Um, that that was that it for that match. Uh, I, uh, they they have a problem with the problem is Brian. The, the, the news <laughs> going into this match, we received some news that Mark Briscoe Claudio was off due to an injury. That in this point in time, eight days before the pay per view, zero matches on the show. How, why are they not building this? Like, this, I, I feel like you could have saved this match for the show, right? Like, built it up this week. And I, I just, I don't know what the fuck's going on, man. I, I they gotta, something's wrong, yeah, right? They're gonna have to do some nonsense on this next episode of Ring of Honor to set up like this something. Review. It's gonna be, did it, it's gonna feel so, it's gonna be a two and a half hour Ring of Honor to set up the pay per view. Did they it's just get lost to- in Canada and fucking forget that they had this pay per view? I mean, how do you this book pay-per-views in Ring four of Honor days? in a way that, like, you, you're trying to keep the Canadian crowds alive for, like, fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you're trying yeah. not to burn out the Canadian audience, you know what I mean? By having all these, like, insane matches on Ring of Honor that's, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's, like, there's... The one thing they could have absolutely done, though, Charlie, and I think we'll, this will be the biggest criticism of us going into De- Death Before His Honor. They, there's they've been three weeks in a row now. They could have said something up with Athena, that they could have had something locked in. And I understand why they decided to do it the way they did it. It makes sense, but it's also like, as oh, of actually, do we kind of could say that match is booked because we did get say, a theme as saying right that she now, would give Willow a match. Yeah. Spoilers aside from who's winning the uh, match: Dalton Castle and Shane Taylor. We know Claudio's defending his title. We have Shibata versus Daniel Garcia, which they set up at the press conference, and we have Athena that's versus true. Willow. That's 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 breaking the wall. That's Monday, like. That's fucking Monday, the day you guys mostly listen to this podcast. Like, we have three matches. The pay-per-view's in five fucking days. You want us to pay 50 bucks for this? I mean, I'd pay 50 for Shabbat and Garcia, but either way. I'm guessing the pay-per-view numbers for Death Before Dishonor are not going to be great. Like, I know the Mark Briscoe thing falling through fucking sucks. Don't get me wrong. That that really sucks. Because that was going to be, that would have been your selling point, would have been that match. And that would have probably got some numbers. Is there any way they can fly Eddie over and back? No. I don't think so. No. No, I don't think so. And, I, would, and what is he going to do if he's like, if he goes to do this and then gets injured and is now out? I'll of tell you this right you now. Mean? Best case scenario. You ready for this? This is the best case scenario going into this pay-per-view. And that is Claudio gets pinned at blood and guts by Kota Ibushi. And we set that match up for death before dishonor. You have Kota Ibushi versus that, Claudio for the ring of honor world championship. That would be a good, that would be I a good, think that's, that's the best case scenario or right anybody. Now. Honestly, just have Claudio take the pin and whoever pins him. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause anybody on that other side, Kenny could, hangman or Coda. Would, I, I, th- I think Coda is your biggest money draw right now in terms of people want to see. Him. Oh, easily, easily, easily. Cause people will be like, Oh my gosh, this, cause again, and it almost feels appropriate, especially with like, there's almost like the flavor with a Coda coming back and there's still various new Japan guys. that will probably, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw one I mean, more Shibata's on the show. show up after Willow's Coda, on the show. Know? Those are new there Japan talents. There you so, go. There you go. So, you know, we got, we got, we got yeah, people. So, but you know, that, like, that's we, just a little bit of us breaking the wall down there. Cause it's like, we're fucking five days out from this thing and out. And you know, the Samoa Joy spoilers out there. If you guys, you know, you'll see it Thursday when the, when the show happens for us. And it's like, okay, let's, let's, let's figure this out before our next ring of honor pay-per-view. Cause we don't want, I don't like feeling like this, that because I didn't watch this press conference, I feel like I don't know any of the fucking matches. Like, I didn't realize Shabbat and Garcia was locked in. Yeah, it makes sense that the match is happening, but they haven't really, they, they didn't have any mention on, on Ring of Honor TV this week or last week. That's true. 
This is true. No, like this is like they're gonna have to do some real. It's like I said, it's gonna be a long Ring of Honor card this week because yeah. they're gonna need to set some stuff up. Yeah, <laughs> like, hopefully a lot of backstage uh, segments too. You know what? Oh, here's here's a good shout. I bet the Kingdom will have like a tag match or something. They should. They'll have something with the Kingdom. They should have just a random match with them because they gotta have because there's like on all these Ring of Honor pay per views, there's been at least two or three dude, dude, just random. Give matches. me the six man of the Kingdom versus the Infantry with with Trish and Layla in the match. Let's get Trish and Layla on this pay per view. There you go. Run it back. That so, match would be good if you give it some time. Um, so that was it, right, for Ring of Honor. Uh, yes, spend a little time talking about that because I, I think that was worthy of some discussion. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna hit Dynamite and Rampage. You're gonna crack through that collision, then we'll uh, we'll get Battle of the Belts. <laughs> I'm gonna have three yeah. seconds worth of shit to talk we'll, uh, about. We'll hit Battle of the Belts together. There's not much going on there, but um, so yeah, Dynamite guys, we open up Chris Jericho Commander. I think this was a, a really enjoyable Chris Jericho match. I thought he let Commander do his first thing. First match Jericho, yeah, first match Jericho. He submitted Commander here, and. Yeah, I, I thought this was a fun opener. I like Commander getting this spot. Um, he doesn't win too much in AEW, but I don't think he has to. It's not the end of the world that he lost this match. It's the spotlight. He's taking this match. He had an opportunity. He ran with it. He hit all of his big spots. And if you've never seen a Commander match, usually you're like, holy shit, this guy can maneuver the fucking ropes like I've never seen before. <laughs> you know, so, and Jericho actually does I think does with well how much he's been losing randomly, bro, that when he wins, finally, Commander, people are going to lose their shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I, I think it's a nice touch. And um, post-match, we had Don Callis and Jericho. He's, dude, young John, dude, by the way, when they when they, we get to the part where he's talking about when they, they show the footage, young Don Callis, stud. He was a stud. I was actually surprised by that. Um, His, his music hits, he's booed by the Saskatoon crowd. Shout out Saskatoon there. Fucking Blades, bud. Little, uh, Saskatoon, little WHL hockey for you there, pal. Um, no, Callis said the wrestling world is buzzing about Jericho joining the Don Callis family. What fucking, who, who's buzzing? Callis mentioned them being in a faction 34 years ago. Bad News Allen. Shout out Bad News Allen. And he showed footage of them in 1995. Callis called themselves a couple of gods. Jericho remembers Allen, said they should always stick together. Callis said Allen is up in heaven, smiling at the possibility of them joining forces as he made his way back to the ring. Uh, leaving Jericho again with much to consider. Knowing what we know now and that this is not a ploy for him to join the combat club, I'm in. I actually like Jericho going under his wing. I like the bringing of Bad News Allen, showing them from 1995. This was a great fucking touch. This was, this, this Don Callis thing actually won me over to the idea of him joining this family. I, you know what? I'm tell you what, dude. I I just recently listened to Takesha on Jericho's podcast too. I think this is a real possibility of this happening. I because Jericho seemed very very interested in Takesha. Like he's known about this guy for a little while, um, and he's gonna want to so, put him over. I mean, dude, how this mm-hmm. works, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, um, Alex Marvez got jumped and shot in the parking lot by Evil Uno. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> with his, with bring that back. Um, why was my brain? I don't know. America. Uh, he's waiting for Jack Perry. He's going to knock on the window. Jack Perry's getting some, you know. Uh, he said it's an unsafe working environment. For Hook opened the door, Perry scrambled to get away. Child locks being his downfall. Perry escaped, pop Hook with a form, and ran again. That's what we need next week. We need Jack Perry and fucking and Hook to recreate the segment. You know that segment, that infamous segment from fucking where the dude pulls the gun on WWE on the other guy and they just cut away. <laughs> they need to do that, but it needs to be Jack Perry on Hook. <laughs> People call the cops for that. There's still people that would. <laughs> I know. They called the cops. Um, this was fine. I, I'm, I'm. I mean, hey, 
I'm fine with what they're building up here. We know the match is coming next week now, so cool. I don't mind building up a match. Never gonna, never gonna hurt my feelings. Renee stopped on Callis. You said later tonight he's going to go out and make the big announcement where the fifth man will be for the Blackpool Combat Club at Blood and Goots. Paquette said it's surprising to go out alone with Kenny Omega in the building. Callis said Omega is someone he's not afraid of. And Shivani then calls him an idiot, which uh, Excalibur said MJF's an idiot. And we jump to the next bonding session between uh, MJF and Adam Cole. I was a massive fan of the first one. So I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and MGF and Adam Cole are at a bar having drinks for ladies walk by. They're like, hello. MGF said two for Cole and two for him. Cole said he can as he loves Britt Baker. So MGF said more for daddy. And he went off with the four ladies. He comes back. He's zipping up his shorts. <laughs> he said he uh, walked back saying later saying the maximum ride is spent. As Cole said, he put a shirt on. He, he put on the shirt that MGF got him if they wanted to do what he, if they were to do what he wanted to do next. Jump cut. We get AEW fight forever. MGF was appalled finding out his stats. He's, we learned, dude, and this is, this is something I've been saying. You remember me saying this. He, he had this realization that games are actually fun when you're playing with friends. He's never had a friend to play multiplayer games. Dude, this underlying layer of MGF so desperate to have a friend is actually so fucking awesome. No, I'm telling you, ever since the CM Punk feud where he we went through like talking about the reason why he's a bastard is because of how he was treated yes. when he was a kid. For being basically like fucking anti-Semitic hate that he received turned him into a monster, you know what I mean? Like that and then you add on this layer of him not having friends and him then why he has the lack of perspective about some of the things that he says and why he is such an evil person, yes. you know what I mean? Is because of the and like oh for anyone God. that doesn't know. Like, that's the most believable, like, kinds of villains when you write villains is ones that have legitimate motivations and backstories that, like, that, that fit in, mo- like, their motivations, like, if you look at any of, like, just to use an example from the MCU, the reason why Killmonger is such a fucking great villain is because his backstory lends itself to being that, like, you understand where, he, even if you can't agree with what, he, even if you're, like, completely against his belief system and you don't agree with what he's trying to do, you can understand why based on his experience, his exact mindset is the way it is because it's his life and his experiences have led him in that direction, you know? Yeah. So um, similar thing with MJF here. It's the reason why he just doesn't get the whole concept of a friend and or video games or things like fun, things like that. The reason why he doesn't understand that stuff is because he doesn't have that experience of experiencing them with a friend. Like it's, it's so, it's such a cool yeah. layer to this story. And I, my God, they then talk about, you know, they're both going to attack each other when the guard was down. And they said, no, we're not going to do that, man. We want to win this blind eliminator tournament. We want to win the tag titles. And we get this slow motion high five. And dude, I God, these segments are fucking working so well for me. I, I am loving the MJF Adam Cole stuff. It's so different than what they could have done. I mean, the first promo be- between these two was not my favorite. And I, I kept saying back and forth, I don't like trolley MJF. It's not my favorite thing. The match they had, incredible. And then we take this direction with it. This is turning out to be a very fun direction between the two of them. So up next, we had Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, take on and defeat AW International Champion Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen in a blind eliminator semifinal. And I this was a this is a fun match. Oh yeah, this was very this, close to my this, favorite. This was, this was very good. We had some good heat here. We had some high flying ability. And Darby and Sammy are so fun together. And I, 
We had the story of Daniel Garcia and Orange Cassidy together. Daniel Garcia, Darby Allen. Oof, that got my, I, I can buy into that. That mm-hmm, could be fun. Mm-hmm. And then, man. I'm picturing a scenario with uh, Darby Allen going for, for uh, one of those coffin drops off the top and being caught in a uh, rear naked choke by our boy Daniel. And yep. uh, that's the end of the match. And he's just dead. He's killed, murdered. Evil Uno comes out with a gun and finishes him. <laughs> no, no, no. Evil Uno's in our lore forever now. God damn it. It's, it's, it's going to be there forever. We got to get fan art of Evil Uno with just like a fucking, with a goddamn TAC 56 from fucking. Six months from now, we're going to be making an Evil Uno fucking killing joke. And, and this is, it's all coming back to this exact moment. <laughs> Evil Uno, Evil Uno's going to have a reputation for being a fucking. A fucking uh, At some point, the lore's going to continue where he's convicted of arson. I mean, it's it's just gonna go. Oh downhill. yes, of course, of course. The arson—that's the next step. That's the next um, step. You know, once but, he, uh, he runs out of ammo, eventually, you know, he gets to the incendiary. Route. Saskatoon, no, um, Saskatoon uh, wasn't popping for everyone, no. and they were Sammy, kind of a weird crowd. Some of the Canadian crowds have been a bit—they've been a bit off. I don't know um, what it but is. My God, Sammy Guevara came out to fucking crickets. This was just like Scorpio Sky last week. I kind of felt bad for the guy because we know Sammy Guevara. I mean. Even on AW All Access, on his vlog, That's, it's kind of wild to me. I wonder why. I don't there was know. Just no I, reaction I, from Sammy, like he's on TV. Yep. He's well liked. He's earned. I think he's gone through the ten thousand tons of shit he needed to to get back to good graces with the company or sorry with the with the fan base. I don't know what. I think some of these Canadian crowds. I don't, I think they didn't want to boo him, but I, I guess just people weren't you feeling think like it's cheering. That they spent too much time in Canada at once. Do you think that their crowds are a little burnt out right I, now? No, like, I just think I just think it's an unfortunate. People weren't booing him and they just weren't cheering. So it's just, it ended up being silent, right? And we know this is going to affect Sammy. I think it's also because it's kind of up in the air what they're going to do I with think, him right uh, now. I think the crowd can sense that. We know that there might be baby faces coming out of yeah, this. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? They could end up winning this thing. Like, we don't, we, we, we all think that there's no way that Adam Cole and MJF lose. But if Adam Cole and MJF, one of them betrays the other, you know what I mean? Like, that's real possibility here, you know? Like, yeah, it could definitely um, happen. And, I guess we're just going to wait and see till next week because they are on blood and guts. They're against MJF Adam Cole. We they're at the TD garden. Like this is, this is a big AW crowd. This is going to be one of our bigger crowds that we've had for a dynamite almost by the ever, way, like since grand slam. By the way, so I think something you hit on, we had more Darby Sammy action. I think that's going to be an all in match. I, I just think it is. Okay. I'm in, I'm in. Because they've been, they've been, they've been, they've, they've been doing that, the dance all year, but they haven't quite really, they did one, they've had one like actual match, I feel like, and like the rest of them have been like, there's random hits they've had against each other here and there, you know, they need to have like a big pay-per-view match, I think, because we all know what they could do. Make it like, fuck it. Make it like a, I don't know. I, what stipulation do you, cause I feel like you need a stipulation so they can do crazy shit with tables and stuff like that. What do you throw on that? Or do you just let them have a match and just say, fuck it, throw the rules just out the window? classic unsanctioned. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. I think I think you do that, and they could do some crazy shit. Darby will probably get dead. Darby probably dies, but you know, Sammy will look awesome out of it. So because he murdered Darby Allen, which seems impossible. So you know, um, yeah, there you go. And then Evil Uno can come out and finish the job. <laughs> yes. Um, we jump from this to oh, by the way, Shane Strickland uh, cracked Darby Allen with a running knee, and that was the reason that uh, Guevara hit the GTH and got the pin had to mention that. I, I didn't mention that at all, but yes, I love our Seattle boys sticking together. Let's, let's do this thing. It's weird to hear you refer to him as Shane. That's swerve, brother. Come on. Exactly. 
And so we get a video of Nick Wayne and ah, my God, they're fucking crushing it with these. He's trained that we get like a montage of him growing up training story of his mother, sitting him down to tell him his father had passed away. Nick said he wondered what was going to happen next as he didn't have a father figure any longer. Nick said he wants to continue the legacy of the Wayne and the name is footage of training in Darby Allen is shown. Um, Nick said he's been ready for this moment his entire life, knowing professional wrestling meant to his family. I just thought this was an absolute beautiful video package yet again, building up Nick Wayne. I'm like, you can't build him up any better than this in two weeks. I mean, seriously. Bro, <clears throat> I hadn't heard Nick Wayne talk yet, right? Yep. I hadn't heard it. This kid is the he's megastar. In the making. It's happening. It's happening. Yes. This is, uh, you know, we might have to have a, if Charlie, we don't have five pillars. We have a fifth pillar now. It's Nick Wayne. Yeah. I, 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 I can't help but agree with that. I can see that they just announced him for that all-star junior tune, that junior thing, all-star junior event that Hiromu Takahashi's hosting. So he's already going back to Japan. Oh my God. It, it, the future is very, very bright for Nick Wayne. All right. Renee's backstage with Adam Cole. Baby. He's on the phone trying to explain to Baker what happened when he went out with MJF at the bars. <laughs> uh, Roderick Strong walked in and asked if he's really falling for MJF's bullshit. Cole said he has nothing to do, nothing to worry about. MJF isn't a half bad guy. Oh no. He's fallen into the trap. Strong and Cole had issues when they first met, but Cole now sees Strong as a brother. I like that. Cole cut off Strong when he got a text from MJF wanting to hit a double clothesline before rethinking that. Ever seen Brian Cage in the hall? Cole walked off to call MJF when Strong and Paquette just shook their heads. Um, yeah, who knows where this is going to end, but, you know, I got to say, you, I like that Roderick Strong's selling an injury, but he's still getting TV time. They haven't forgotten about him, right? And I think that's little things like that. I mean, sure, he'd want to be in the ring, but he's selling the Samoa Joe fucking thing. So at the same time, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I'm sure we see Roderick Strong have a collision match probably next week. It, probably even this week, actually. So he'll be back on TV in no time. Um, just, just more plot development in this story. And then we continue right into the match where MJF and Adam Cole defeat Big Bill and Brian Cage. And, you know, I thought that these two worked pretty well together again. I, I like Bill and Cage. I, William and, and Brian. Brian Williamson. Lord of the fucking Knott's Watch. Um, no, I think they work well together. Better than you, baby. MJF's doing the shtick. The, the story of this match here is MJF was trying to work like a fucking 70s wrestling angle and just trying to power slam the big guy. And he fucking did it. And the crowd popped. <laughs> it worked. Nah, my, now, the best part of this match was when MJF got chopped once by Big Bill. I think it was. And he went, mother of God. <laughs> MJF, man. No, but him finally power slamming uh, Big Bill. He sent out an epic tweet after. I, I, I got to find it in a minute here, but he sent out this tweet talking about I've power slam 500 pound big bill in front of a hundred thousand people live. I was like, this guy's an animal. Someone needs to stop him. Um, what any, any thoughts you had from this match before we move on? But I just, again, I just thought it was enjoyable as a tag team, you know? Uh, yeah, no, this is just fun stuff. Like, I mean, like, yeah. It's funny, like, if on paper, Big Bill, Brian Cage is a weird team, but I'm like, yeah, it's your big meat. So I, even when I initially saw it, I was like, eh, well, whatever. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's fine, you know? Um, but like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, 
I don't know. Um, I really did enjoy this match. <clears throat> MJF is like just killing everything he does. Oh my this god! Yes, it's like you know, like Adam Cole is you know getting this like TV time is something we asked for last year. Obviously, he was hurt, but I mean, like even when he was on, like it he's felt like it felt back. like when yeah, it felt like because of injuries and stuff like that, he was being a little bit held back because they didn't want him to get knocked out for a long time, and then he just you know it ended up happening anyway. So like it's it's like you know like it's. It's just great to like, we're in it's there was a fucking Satan chant at one point in this match. Like, what the hell? <laughs> this crowd was weird. They would they would they're dead for Sammy Guevara, but they're chanting Satan. What is going on in Saskatoon? Hey, when you're popping, you're popping. Uh MGF's tweet went, I'll never forget the day I body slammed the five hundred pound big bill in front of ninety K screaming fans in the Saskatoon Silver Dome with my bro Chacho Adam Cole brother. Uh, <laughs> just a classic fucking tweet that has that tweet has so many fucking layers <laughs> so to it. it's great crazy. um yeah um we jump to another renee segment where she's back she's backstage with jake hager and look I, i've been harsh on jake hager in the past i i just i think someone with this much of an mma pedigree or and you know you just I feel like they don't use him as well as they could sometimes i love this he is outside chris jericho's locker room and Hager said Jericho knows Jericho knows we're coming in and asked if Jericho is can he's like, dude, are you really considering joining the Don Callis family? Jericho said Callis is making some good points, mentioning the history of Bad News Allen. Said he need to take some time to think. Hager then takes off his purple bucket hat and said years ago he saved Jericho in Abu Dhabi. Well, Jericho brought Hager into AEW. Told Jericho can give Hager a straight answer. He can't stand by his side. He then handed Jericho the purple hat and started walking off. I actually thought this was fucking pretty well done out of Hager. Like this seemed, I mean, it's very melodramatic, if you will, but it seemed pretty legit. Like I was like, this is no, I mean, this this is like when people, people, people like oftentimes don't recognize that Hager is like, he's got like a lot of the things that you would want out of a really good wrestler. He just, he's very got some good acting chops. Apparently that's what I'm saying. Like he's got the ability to speak in these, you know, like he had like one little promo segment. He had, I forget it was like a rampage main event match and they had a little promo segment. He just talked a little bit and I was like, damn, I never even thought about JK or talking. Cause he doesn't really talk in the JAS. He has like his hat comment. He's had for a while. He gets like, he does the Jericho thing. He tries to get some things over. Cause he thinks I'm probably cause he thinks it's fun. You know, like the hat probably just having fun with it. You know, yeah. um, I gotta things, know more you know, about the like, Abu Dhabi story, man. That, it's, yeah, we got. It seemed like another fucking late. And I'll tell you this: if if we end up getting a pissed off, you know, undefeated fighter Jake Hager, heartbroken at Chris Jericho stabbing his friendship in the back, give me that as as Jericho's first program into the Don Callis family. Yeah, that could definitely. I could work. buy into that, and that would give Hager. A legit solo program that could be, yeah, that could establish him so, in a way that we haven't had that we've been kind of like that put, you know, the reason why you have him in your lower tier. Because like I said, not I've been harsh on him, so you know, so it, it could get him out and, of that. For and I'm only harsh on him because I see that potential. You know, I see, I go. see it. I, I can feel it, motherfucker. Ruby Soho and Sky Blue in the Owen Hart Tournament semifinal. Sky Blue went viral this week. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about. Daily Loud, one of the most popular Twitter pages, posted Sky Blue. Um, and yeah, that was kind of random. Uh, she, she responded on it, posted her Patreon and stuff. And it, I think it, some people take it one way. Other people know it's all in good fun and they're like, damn. But hey, anything to bring on more eyes, right? If you will. And 
Sky Bluest. Oh my yep. God. She is getting so good in the ring. And we, it's, it, I'm, we might sound like a broken record saying this, but it's just a reality. You look at her right now from a year ago, all those repetitions paid off. Her timing is fucking yeah. phenomenal. I mean, she is every single thing that her and Ruby were lining up and doing to each other. It was timed to a T. And I, I feel like this first, I really noticed this when I, I think she, she did certain things with Jade that I was like, I haven't seen Jade do this. And it's because of the way Sky knew to time with her partner. But she still right? has Jade's probably best counter of all time. Yes. Sunset flip out of the, she, whatever she, she knew was how to make to it up, look like. beautiful for Jade, just like she knows how to make Ruby look good here. And I thought they did well together. And, you know, Ruby winning and going to the final, I think's the right call. Um, cause that sets up another story that we'll talk about when you get into collision. Um, and, I thought this was perfectly fine. This is just a this is a good wrestling match. If I thought this was, you know, I, I've been a little har- just like Jake Hager. I've been a little harsh on this tournament last week. I completely buried the thing, and I thought it deserved. Yeah. You know, in in my eyes, I I got to be harsh when I think something's not living up to its potential. And I thought these two lived up to their potential. So I really enjoyed it. And our AW Women's Division, we had the blue hair versus the green. We got all the colors. Let's get them all. Collect, collect them all. Let's get the Infinity Stones. Yep. Any other, any yes. thoughts you had on we, this match and uh, our winner of Ruby going to the final? Uh, thoughts immediately. Uh, get her, get Hikaru Shida in there for the red hair. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, uh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, nah, it's just a really fun match. <clears throat> um, I I think uh, I've talked about this with Skyloo before. She has some kind of weird flexibility when when people crank back submissions on her. They just look more. They like they look hurt more. I don't know why. Like it's. it's her and uh, Brian Danielson and a couple of other people, like when you when you put them in submissions, I don't know if it's just like their flexibility or something, but like they just look, it just looks cleaner and more torque. And I, maybe it's the applying of the submission too, to an extent. But uh, I just I've noticed this with with, with Sky Blue matches. Um, I actually think their their back and forth striking was super good. Yes, yes. Um, I do wish that Ruby had done a little bit of di- different stuff than they had been doing recently with the outcasts. But I mean, I guess what, what, what was I expecting? I guess, you know, um, but you know, I mean, there was still a lot of match here, so I guess I really can't complain, but it's, you know, it's, it's getting, it's just a little too predictable right now. Like I, I, that's the one thing I, I would, I would still criticize here and with the other Ruby match as well is, is, is that, um, yeah. that we we're just still doing that, which is, yeah, like, it is what it, it is. It is exactly. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to mention this during the G1 Climax because I thought it was very cool. So Aaron Hanare, who's now just going by Hanare, he did something uh, this past month, which is it, it, it marks a first in, in sports history. He got this tattoo on his face and it's, it's to bear the deeply culturally significant Metsaora markings. And it carries this millennia long Polynesian tradition. And, if you're not sure what I mean, Hanari got this like this tattoo that just you can just he he talks about it in in multiple articles, just kind of like saying just how much this means to him and this honor to carry on what his ancestors did. And he I, he mentioned those his ancestors speak of these great people, and he is carrying so much with him. And I just I want to make sure we mention that because. Well, we don't usually talk New Japan news. We would talk our AEW news. 
we both noticed that and we both think he's a phenomenal wrestler and to be able to carry something on like that is incredible. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, I, I'm going to retweet that on the AEW Twitter or AEW Twitter on the Eat Sleep Elite Twitter uh, after this. Maybe if you're like, oh, I'll check that out. If you see, learn more about that. But I found that very, just very phenomenal, like, like uh, intriguing is the right term there that I'm looking for. So yeah, well, I want to give that a little shot. I forgot to mention that during the climax. I just, I was looking at my notes and saw Hanara's name and I was like, oh, I, I wanted to talk about that. Um, it's it's a really cool thing. I mean, it, just the legacy there. It's cool. I mean, and it's also like it's not something that wrestling has. Um, how do I say this in a in a really fair way? Wrestling has not always been open to um, outside cultures, outside of like Western culture, except yeah. for like Japanese wrestling has always been way more open to that stuff. I feel like you know. So and for him um, to bring in his Polynesian culture like this and just it's. Really cool to see. So, yeah, if you guys are interested Not to say, in by the way, like, yeah, you have the Tribal Chief stuff going on in, now in WWE, but, like, 20 years ago, would you have had that? I mean, you'd ha- you had Rikishi, yeah, right? Had, but, like... Yeah. And even look, even I mean, look at the our, our Samoan family that we have in New Japan, in the sense, you know, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Haikaleo. They're all the same. They all have the same father. So, it's really cool to see. Um, Or same mother. It's one of them. But... Something along those lines. That takes us to <clears throat> ah shit. Actually, QT Marshall did the Harley Cameron's music video, and yeah, if you you know what I'm talking about, Swerve Strickland, Nick Wayne, main event AW Dynamite. I know there was a segment after, but we're gonna hold that for a second. Instant um, main event star for Nick Wayne, I th- which appropriate. yes, I think he delivered. Um, this had to be a showcase in the sense of we had to show what he could do. In, in all of it. I mean, we had to see his big moves. We had to see his, you know, I like how they're calling it the Wayne's World. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. It's like a springboard cutter. Wayne's World. I'm a fan of a springboard cutter. What can I say? Oh, yeah. And I thought these two delivered. We had the Darby Allen aspect on the ramp, which added this more emotional element that we're searching for. And mm-hmm. Swerve Strickland. And this is this is the Seattle wrestling scene, if you will. You're Defy Wrestling. You're Swerve Strickland. Nick Wayne. Darby Allen, they're all, you know, the big stars. And it's just like, you, you just toss Vert Vixen out there. You have them all, right? And so it's like. Those four guys tearing it up with Kenta right now. I, I got to find footage of that because you know all four of them are. Yeah, like, so it's. Probably crazy matches right now, right? Like, and, and it's just one of those things. It's like, this I thought was just so much fun. And I am so happy. I, I You know, this was going to be my favorite going into this week. And then Collision happened. And I was like, well. I'm up first, so I'm fucking. I get the I get the layup. I get to talk FDR for 20 minutes. So, but no, I thought this was awesome. I think the crowd learned more about Nick Wayne, and for a crowd that was fucking crickets for Sammy, they were chanting for Nick Wayne. They popped for his entrance. Which hey, I was actually playing a little. Uh, I was watching Dynamite with my sister this week, and I said, I think he's gonna walk out to punk rock. And we were kind of taking guess. You kind of guess surfer vibe. We were both wrong. He had some pretty cool music, but um. Yeah, I, I thought he delivered, and Swerve Strickland hit the uh, JML driver for the victory, and, you know, he stares down Wayne's mother. I think, just like their Defy match, if you guys, Swerve Strickland and Nick Wayne, his first match back from WWE, it was in Defy with Nick Wayne, and they often mention the mother, and there's there's angles with that, and I think we're going to bring that to TV. The mother was focused on in camera so many times that I only think they're going to. 
which just totally leaves the door open for Christian Cage, by the way. Oh my God. He's going to fucking annihilate this kid. Um, what uh, what'd you think? First impressions of Nick Wayne? This, you know, there's about 800,000 people don't, seeing don't, him for Charlie, the first don't time. Don't tease me with Nick Wayne winning the goddamn TNT championship off Lucha's voice. Don't tease me with that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even. But, no. you know, about 800,000 no. 800, people to a million people seeing this Nick Wayne for the first time ever. How do you yeah. think he did? Um, I, I think he did great. Um, I was really shocked that he lost though. Like, I know, I know, like, looking at it now, I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I could see it. You know what I mean? But like, he didn't need to win here. Yep. But, um, I would have liked to see him win here just because I like, I just wanted to see the guy. I was like rooting for the guy. You know what I mean? Um, the, not that I don't like, want Swerve to win and stuff like that. Um, but like, I just, I thought this, you know, if there's any time to put the kid over, it's right now as soon as he gets here, you know, get, get him started hot. But, this prevents uh, presents the opportunity now for him to have a program with Swerve that can go somewhere like you already talked about some potential, you know, um, some potential. Um, I'm not sure what the word is here, but like a, an angle there, you know, yeah. uh, that we could potentially go. Um, I think it's a, bo- a program both of them can benefit from. Absolutely, um, and maybe that can be a match. Maybe you get Nick Wayne straight away on pay per view on All In or something like that against Swerve. That's something you could do. You know, you build it up over the next several however many weeks. You know what I mean? And you get it on there. You could totally do that. You know, um, it's it's definitely a, a real possibility. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, just for for a first first match, getting the main event. That's a huge sign that Tony Khan just knows who this kid is and what he can do with him. Obviously, Tony Khan signed the kid like two fucking years ago. He knows what the deal is. But like, still, you know, like. You just don't know. Like, you never know. He, he, who knows? Like, he's got so many talented people. You just don't know where a kid's going to slot in as soon as he gets here. Main event's a really good sign. Um, I just, it's, what a, we are in like just surreal times with AEW right now. It's craziness. Like, yeah. And this surrealness, the uh, gets insane. kicked up to another level in the next segment. Um, dude, we, we jump into Don Callis. He's in the ring alone said Omega and the Elite deserve what is coming to them at Blood and Guts. Omega is a coward and a punk. Omega walked to the ring. He was blindsided. John Moxley and Takeshita beating the crap out of him. And then Pac returns with a steel chair. Dude! I didn't even think of Pac as the fifth partner, but that son of a bitch. That fucking bastard. Yeah, I'm going to hit you with something before we move on to the next part of this. All right? We've been we've been asking who the next member of the Blackpool Combat Club is going to be for a while, right? And there's been this faction of El Hijo del Vikingo and Commander and the Lucha Bros that's been doing really well in Ring of Honor and honestly on AW as well. I think I think the Lucha Bros and Pack as as Death Triangle that was a good team to have for a little yep. while. I think you come up with a new team with that, with those four insane luchadors and you can use commander and El Dio as you can't, you know, you can swap the trio out as who's available and so on and so forth. So obviously El Hio, I think he's still a triple A make a champion. If he's not, he's probably still in contention, you yeah. know? Oh, I didn't even um, mention that news. Yes, he did beat Kenny Omega. So he has retained his title. So he does still have that championship. So he, he will not be free up super necessarily, but he'll still be obviously able to be used like he has been. He's not going to be able to be the main guy, but commander obviously has been using that. We've been using him like that anyway. So, but I, 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 if, if they want this, I would be okay with this sticking if, if Pac was the neck, cause he fits the fucking vibe, he dude. He so fits the vibe. Oh my God. He's a fucking animal. Like he, if this is a permanent membership of the Blackpool Combat Club, and this is your like six, it's it's the it's the five we have right now plus 
You also have um, Shooter on the side as well over in Japan. Yep. That's that's a good group, dude. I'm telling you, if that's if that's what that's they're so going good. with. It's so right, good. So let's get on it. Let's and let's hey, get that, on the that thing. theory of maybe MJF and Packet at All In. You never know. I, I could buy into that. By the way, so there you go. Now that he's returned, I think that possibility is open. They're they're trying to beat the hell out of Kenny Omega, but he said he starts to laugh, and they ask him if he has any last words, and he says to watch the screen immediately. Well, my heart kind of drops a little bit. I'm like, here we go, please. And the music starts. I I've been listening to this man's new theme. For fucking, uh, on repeat the past week. Like, past two weeks, actually. It's just been, it's been in my brain. I don't know why. It's not even that, like, great, but it's just there. And it, it's on YouTube, and I'm always trying to find something to watch on YouTube while gaming. So I'm like, I constantly click it all the I time. I didn't even ask about this. Did he get the graphic afterward? No graphic. Uh, cause Nick Wayne got the graphic that night. Uh, so I think they didn't oh. want to, I didn't, I think they didn't want to think. Do you, okay. So before, um, just before even we announce, do you think he's, do you think he's signed? No. Okay. I think he's freelancing right now, but I, I do think he's going to work in AW for a little bit. Could totally be wrong. He gets the graphic next week when he gets the win over Claudio. You never know. I don't fucking know. Like I said, that theory is there. <laughs> you're, 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 these are all real things. Uh, that theory is alive and well. That's still my working theory that he's pinning Claudio. Um, Kota Ibushi's here, man. He's announced as the fifth member. And then right away, they waste no fucking time. The Golden Elite. Are you, dude, are you fucking kidding? Can this get any better? Come on! Between Give me what I want. between the elite verse oh, and the punk verse on both shows, I think AEW's clicking on every fucking cylinder. This is fucking awesome. Goodbye, good night. I mean, dude, I was all in. Seriously, I I, I was all in. And yeah, well, I was all out. It just like I was kicking into full gear. <laughs> just like with Ricky Starks, I kept thinking the day of the show. I'm like, if Coda doesn't show up here. I don't think he's showing up because why else would he show up in the future? Like this storyline makes sense for him. The reuniting with Kenny Omega makes sense. He, we already know he's not going back to Japan, man. He's wrestling in fucking, I mean, he is going to Japan, not new Japan. Let me say he's wrestling in Gleet next month. I mean, this motherfucker is going to do what he's going to do. He's, he might be the ultimate freelancer. Like he's been his entire life and he's going to freelance a little bit in AEW. And, um, the Golden Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club. The fifth members are revealed. Both are home runs on each team. Genuinely don't think I could have picked a better member unless they gave Brian Danielson a robotic arm. So, Kota Bushi's AEW. Uh, how, how are we feeling? Did you... I, I actually literally stood up. Like, I was I was kind of geeking a little bit. I mean, just so happy that it's finally here. I'm just glad we finally got the, the announcement. Because I was just like, in my head, I was like, I was doing the dance of like, okay, they just aren't announcing it. So maybe they just can't lock him in for some reason. Yep. You know what I mean? He's obviously really busy right now. So like, I could understand that being a thing. But like, he kind of feels like this is one of the ones where you need to do it, you know? You know? Um, yeah. And, and so I'm just glad we finally got the announcement. Because I was doing the dance in my head. I was like, who's it going to be if it's not going to be him? Like, I couldn't Same. even think of anybody. Like, there's like a million people you could just slot in there. But like, you know, I don't even know who, you know, like I'm thinking in my head. Uh, now that I think about it, because I, I thought about it, but I wasn't like really giving it that much thought. The only other person I could see them grabbing is like maybe like Orange Cassidy or something like that. Like yeah, he's not going to be just on a good, the show. Just a good baby face that. Yeah, just somebody to be like Bandito. Always hurt my bad. You know. Yeah, just any, maybe a yeah. Lucha brother. May, yeah, so could have yeah, been anyone that they like worked that. with. Honestly, Ray Phoenix in that match would be awesome too. You know, but like, yeah, uh, like you know, but like it's also like we knew who it had to be here. This was this was 
this was written in the stars. You know what I mean? This is who it had to be. And I had a train of thought. I completely fucking lost it. Um, something along the lines of Coda uh, returning, but fuck it, I fucking lost it. Um, that's all right. Uh, yeah, just just knowing what we're going into now with with the tournament and everything, and I mean, this sets up the trio of the Golden Elite. This sets up the tag team of the Golden Lovers, and I just I'm very very excited for what the future holds for this because. My fucking god, it's gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> uh, um, I really hope that like we get some setup. Like, I, I hope it's like you're saying, Coda is gonna be around for a little bit, and like we set up some. Oh, that's what it was. Guts. Yes. So after this happened, Coda posted on his Twitter, and this is what made me. Yeah, I, I should actually, if he does sign, this is what makes me think so. Um, he said he's been watching AEW since the start. He's been keeping an eyes on everything that's going on and he wants to be in AEW and he wants to be with Kenny. And I, when I saw that, I'm like, I don't think this is character. I think this is legit. I think he has, we know this guy loves wrestling. No, I mean, if, if that's the situation he's wanted, it just hasn't been able to work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are people that work between both companies, right? But like we, we, we've also seemed to come to under, also it seems we've come to the understanding that even though they are people that can do that, it's not really the best situation for you if you're trying to do that. Like yeah. there are a few people that can handle it. Your John Moxley's, your Claudio's, your, I imagine Brian, even though he doesn't think he's got the health anymore and maybe he doesn't, you know, he's been getting hurt, you know? But I still think he's a little more durable than he's given himself credit for, you know? Yeah. Um, I think not everybody can do that, though. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's really, really hard on your body. You know what I mean? It's really hard on your body being a wrestler as it is even just traveling in like a car, like even throwing, like flying like fucking 15, 20 hours, whatever the hell it is to get to Japan. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like it's, it's, it, it's brutal, you know, like, um, so I, but I mean, at the same time, like I, I could completely understand him wanting to do that. If that's like, if that's the situation that he wants is to be an AW wrestler and to be in front of, cause let's be honest, the era of new Japan fans, they're still there watching new Japan, but the guys that like really were into like him and Okada and Tanahashi when they were peaked in like the mid two thousands, you know what I mean? Like. Not that those guys are peaked. They're still obviously like still wrestling great matches and stuff like that. But like when they were like at their most, when the popularity of New Japan was at its, it, it, when it was at its precipice, uh, that's not even the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When it was, when it was really kicking, you know, I think a lot of those people are the people that are watching AEW now. And I think he knows that, you know, I think he knows that the people that want to see what he can do, they're, they're watching AEW now. So I think, and I think AEW is, I also think there's part of him who wants to wrestle in America too. I think a lot of people that wrestle in Japan see America and they're like, man, there's so yeah, many wrestling fans in America. his first match back like, was in America. So yeah, I think there's, there's reason to believe that that could be the case, you know? So yeah, well put, well put. So let me, uh, I'm going to crack through some rampage. Just probably it might be as quick as you crack through collision for all I know. Uh, this is <laughs> Rampage, not a lot happened. Uh, we opened up naturally Limitless, defeated Matt Menard and Angela Parker. And just, you know, kind of a showcase of Keith Lee, if you will. I think it, it is an important thing to make sure Keith Lee is featured every week. And that's that felt important uh, on this. Ty Valk. Bro, naturally Limitless is one of those teams that have, like, if they met five years ago, this would be, like, one of the, like, legendary tag teams that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, because they, they, if they had time they when Dusty could still, like, yeah. work. 
they could they could do something because they just have there's an energy when they're together as a tag team bro i'm telling you i don't know what it is maybe it's just a keith lee energy that's like rubbing off on uh dustin that's uh phrasing but um you know yeah. like it's yeah i don't know like that's there's like an energy for that team and i think if if a few years ago if dustin was a little little younger they could be something man we had ty valkyrie hit a curb stomp on ace mcqueen and the match is over uh beautiful curb stomp by the way and tony storms array came out called valkyrie a canadian loser sets up a match at battle of the belts Hook accepted Jungle Boy's challenge for the FTW title where he, he was eating lunch. He said the match would be on Wednesday's Dynamite from Boston. Big show for them. One of the biggest. Oh, wait, I, I know you, I know you blazed past it. I like that they just, Tony Storm was told probably backstage, hey, you need a poem for Battle of the Belts. Go set one up. And so she just picked Ty. Basically, he's like, ah, you're a pretty good wrestler. You want, I'm going to go talk shit to you and tell you I challenged me for a yeah, match. You well, know, I, like- I can get into that match. Definitely. Yeah, I did, actually. Uh, Lance Archer defeated Trent Barretta. Pretty good match. Nice seeing uh, Lance Archer back. Um, just he overpowered him from the jump, and he ends up uh, beating beating down. Uh, he grabbed a mic, called out Orange Cassidy, demanding a title match. Cassidy came out, and Excalibur says, "Hey, the match is official for Battle of the Belts." I'm like, "All right, our card's set." Archer chokes out Cassidy. Roberts takes the bag with the international title. He says, "Cassidy can try and get it back from Archer tomorrow night." I'm cool with that. I like the idea of Lance Archer coming back and getting a win over an established talent and uh, AEW OG like Trent Beretta. I think it's a nice touch. And yeah, match was fine. It was yeah. When Lance Archer grabbed the mic and threatened to have Evil Uno bring out the AR and shoot both uh, uh, best friends, it was crazy. <laughs> God, yes, I loved that they were showing Lance Archer highlights from Japan and, and Rev Pro Wrestling, saying he's been on an international tear. That's what he's been doing while he's been gone. Lance Archer's here to fucking wrestle, and I'm glad he's back wrestling. You know? I'm telling you, bro. If this somehow gets back to Uno, and we can see him come out with a fucking evil Uno shirt with a goddamn gun in his hands, and <laughs> fucking lose it. <laughs> uh, pre-tape promos from Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Matt Hardy the page. They established that the... Oh my god, what if that's the segment of them recruiting is they're fucking going to a gun range to prove how manly they are? Oh my no, god. Oh no, please. <laughs> Uh, they pretty much established Royal Rampage, which we've talked about already today. Tony Khan and his traditions, he's huge on it. So, uh, Takeshita picks up a victory over... No, 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 this, no, with Adam Page on the targets. No, 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 no. <laughs> Hangman Noose, you already know. The segment writes itself, Charlie, stop me. <laughs> it's a BTE segment, book it. Gets over, bust out the papers. Uh, I mean, they were chanting for Mentello's training partner and childhood friend of Kenny Omega. So... Again, just this was whatever. Um, she uh, ran a interviews the Dark Order. Silver and Reynolds take credit for Hangman's career flourishing the last two years. Evil Uno announced it was time to rebuild the Dark Order. Please, God, recruit someone. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like it's time. We need new blood in this group. We need an injection in the arm. We need. I'm not going to say. It. I was going to make a, a mean joke, but you could probably know where I was going. But yes, let's add to this group. It should be good. Um, is there anyone that catches your brain immediately? Like, oh my god, I need him in the fucking Dark Order right now. Uh, For me, it was Fuego. Sean Spears. Oh, I never thought about that. I actually like that. That's good. You know what? Okay. Adds veteran leadership. Adds the chairman. Former 
one of the most over over acts in NXT in the perfect 10. He's a handsome son of a bitch. I could do with some Sean Spears on BTE, to be honest. I think he'd be nice on it. My pick always was Fuego del Sol. So, damn it, I think you just, I think you beat it. Uh, Sean Spears is a good one. He's a babyface, too. Um, Let me throw this at you. Give me, uh, give me Ari Davari. I don't know. Fuck it. I don't know. I, I actually hate that fit. Don't, don't, not him. Um, give me Willow because Willow just defeated Ring of Honor World Women's World Champion Athena to advance in the Owen Hart Foundation in the main event of Rampage. Two women's matches tonight. Athena, you know, this was fun. Sky Blue and Ruby Soho and Athena Willow Nightingale, they fucking, they kicked this tournament into full fucking gear. They kicked ass this match. And I was hoping Athena would win this tournament. Looking back now, what we know with Willow winning it, I'm like, you know what? I like Willow winning the tournament and beating her former rival in, in, cause it, we now established Willow as, I think, is Willow our leading babyface right now in AEW? Outside of Britt and Jamie? Cause, but Jamie's hurt. I think Willow's being positioned as our top babyface in AEW right now. So um, I think until they fully turn Taya heel, yeah. But I think I think Taya probably for right now, just because she's more established as a wrestler, probably. But I mean, eh, Willow's maybe, been yeah. on AEW longer. I so think I the, I, it really depends on perspective because like Taya right now, um, she's getting title shots at the world title, right? But I mean, I could I could also see Willow getting yeah. one after winning the tournament. So I think so. we're definitely seeing this new generation of talent being ushered in with our women's division that two years ago weren't in here. You know, Willow and Sky Blue weren't here. So God, there's just there's still a part of me, Charlie, that's like, God, this Athena's so deserved to win this. this I really want to like, win this tournament. But if if it's gonna be anyone, I'm glad it was Willow. Good match here. Clever finish, by the way, where um Athena went for her finisher and overhead vice into a code breaker, but Nightingale landed on her feet. When Athena dropped to her back, Nightingale quickly cradled her and got the pinfall. I thought that was a fun finish to a fun match and a pretty lackluster rampage, but that's whatever. Um I like the main event, and yeah, so just sets up for Battle of the Belts and Collision, which we're jumping to you now for AEW Collision Episode 5, where we've talked about pretty much the whole show, but take it away from whatever else you got. <laughs> yeah, so we talked about, um, actually, I'll hit really quickly, so they've been doing the cold opens on uh, Collision that I really like, I continue to do that this week, and I really enjoy that, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, literally just tune into an episode of Collision, it's why they open every show, it's different than anything you've probably seen on most other wrestling shows, it feels like they're setting, you know what it feels like? I was trying to think about this. It reminds me of like those fucking game shows where like you would have the host and like various people that are going to be contestants or something like that. They do these little like opening segments. It's like, it reminds me of stuff like that. It's something you would see on like a fucking reality show or something like that. It's cool. You know what I mean? Like it's different. You know what I mean? Um, it definitely sets the vibe up differently and you kick straight into the music. It's, it's a different vibe. I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's cool. Um, obviously we talked about FTR versus Bullet Club, fucking match of the year contender. Um, and so right after that, we rolled from straight from that into Ruby Soho versus Willow Nightingale in the Owen Hart Cup, Owen Hart, Owen Hart Cup Finals. Fuck's sake. <laughs> we got a little bit of Ricky Bonnie, Ricky, Ricky Boney on the mic. Um, and which prompted a comment from Nigel McGuinness that he's, uh, he's not vanilla ice. He's more like vanilla ass. Um, that, that again, that popped me. I can't, I can't lie to you. Um, I did really like this match 
overall. It was a really great uh, finale, I think, to this tournament. Um, and I think Ruby's got to win this tournament next year, right? Like, obviously, that's that's got to happen, right? Like, that's two years in a row you've made the finals. you got to make it the third year and finally Ruby get Soho it, right? Like, has now made the finals in three tournaments and lost. There's an arc being played here that I think... I think she's yeah. going to be a baby face next year at this tournament, and I think she's winning it. We, um, and I think I don't know how we get there from here, but she'll. It, yeah, there's a story there. No, there's you know? a story there, and so I, yeah, her former rival beat her ass, even though Ruby, Ruby fucking turned her hand and went to the dark side. You know, and she still lost. The fucking call of the pounce got me. I'm so glad that made it to national television. It's think about like re- rewind, like several months ago. To the fucking match that Ruby and Willow had against Anna and Ty with the fucking the Extreme Rules match, where like that that was a the, the, their now finals, their finalists against each other in the Owen Hart tournament. That's think about that for a minute. That's just that wild the amount of story that's happened in between now and then. People talk about like AEW not having stories. That, that think of the storytelling there. These were these two girls were tagging against other like evil like that now and now that's exactly where like this is what I'm saying like this like there's layers here. There's so well, much there's going. There's so on. many layers in these stories, and that's you know some people say AEW tells too many stories, and that's a legit criticism. I, I can understand that because there's a lot going on, but sometimes it all flows together, and this is one of those things where there's so many stories happening, but the different layers, I just think it's just adding so much to the story, and it's it's fun. It, it it's just fun. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I really like the match overall. Um, it's so hard to follow that fucking opener, dude. It's just so hard. Oh, it's, you know, it's like, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way you were gonna be able to do that. But they, I think they, I think they held their own. And um, but I think part of what did contribute to that is what I suggested earlier, which is that I think they went a little bit too much with the with the outcast. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the outcast, but the shenanigans that the outcasts have been pulling that Ruby also decided to. I'm not talking about like, like grabbing the ropes or grabbing the tights. I'm talking about like the specific spray can stuff. Like that stuff, I'm just over at this point. Oh, you know? I'm so done with um, it. Yep. But yeah, and obviously we talked about it, but uh, Willow also uh well willow i don't know if we did talk about it willow ends up going on to pick up the win off of babe with the power bomb um willow nightingale is your owen hart cup winner 2023 for the women's uh your winner is willow nightingale ricky starks two young extremely on their way talents that in the next in the next few years will more than likely be world champions in aw um I don't even say more than likely. I think I think it's I think it's a good bet for me to say that both of these people within the next couple of years will be AEW world champions. I think it's fair. I think it's fair uh, to say. Um, shit, Ricky was like literally like an eyelash away a few like several months back. So you know, like, um, not that I think he was going to win that match, but you know what I'm saying. Exactly. Um, we had Tony Tony uh, Shivani backstage uh, with an interview last week to kind of like tie together what happened with QT and Hobbs. Uh, QT Barshall's like, bro, I'm I'm. He says basically like what he's done in the past times when he's fucked up with Hobbs, where he's like, bro, like my word is my bond. Like, what do you want me to do? Find the biggest baddest dude in the locker room and knock him out to prove what I you know like that I'm loyal to you. Smacks him on the chest. Your word is your bond. I guess I guess next week QT is going to knock out the biggest. I mean, he's obviously going to cheat or something, but he's going to knock out the biggest dude. I, I, uh, yeah, is he fighting Wardlow, Charlie? What the fuck's happening here? I I don't know. I hey QT, put your money where you put your money where your mouth is. And apparently, I haven't watched the match, but apparently QT Marshall had an 
incredible match with Pentagon at uh, Triple Mania. So, I, I, I some people are I, talking I, about it's their greatest QT martial match they've ever seen, and I. I no, they they didn't watch Dark. So I was like, I, I can't believe that we're talking about Q- Usually, whenever QT, oh, there's a segment, people are dogging on it. And I was like, I've never seen this much positivity about QT Marshall. Fucking send it in. Um, Yeah, this, yeah, no. this is I hope he does knock out the biggest, baddest dude. Like, who, do you, any ideas, like, for who that could be? Knock out the biggest, baddest dude. Ah, is a go-go coming back? That I that'd be a good shout. Maybe we'll just find some Gogo big son of a bitch out, in Boston. Maybe it's some fucking Celtics player. I don't know, bro. You got actually. You should probably bring a go go back if you're going to before before the pay per view in the UK, right? Right? Like, come on. No idea. Yeah. God, give me what I want. All right. Um, yeah. we had the Kings of the Black Throne taking on some jobbers as well. I hit a really quick black mass. Andrade came out and tried to get his mask back, but uh, the referee corps, even after the match was over, like the match ended before the referee corps got to Andrade. Like they should have just let him go. Like, what the fuck do you care anymore? It's no match for you to block him from getting involved with anymore. I understand the security, but like, like the referees could just be like, actually, I don't want to get killed by Andrade now because there's no match to protect. So why do I care? Like, like you know what I mean? Like. Eh, whatever. Uh, I'm really interested to see where this goes. Uh, I'm really, really excited that they, again, like I was, <clears throat> excuse me, when, uh, when Andrade and, uh, uh, and Malachi were, were going to be their first, uh, like single storyline that, because obviously the black, uh, sorry, the house of black has been tied up with the trio stuff right now. I'm really glad that this is the story that we're getting though. It's like a singles feud between these two right now. Cause I think that's what we need for Andrade's uh, return return program is to be a big time storyline. That's not like for a title or anything like that. He's just having a, a match with somebody who he has a personal problem with. Like this mask being stolen. These guys can easily main event a collision and it can fucking deliver. 100%. And this could also be on a pay-per-view. I could see it on that as well. So, you know, um, I mean, it could be both. Why can't it be both? Let's do it. Run it back. Let's do it again. Alright, um, and yeah, so, and then we had our main event of CM Punk versus Ricky Starks in the Owen Hook Pro Finals, which we talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, just a really, really fun addition to Collision, in my opinion, and rolled straight from that into Battle of the Belts, Charlie, which I assume you'll take us through now. Yeah, so, yep, we, we get to Battle of the Belts, and, you know, they're still reigning from Ricky Starks winning, they're, you know, he, he, Snatches it from Jushin Thunder Liger, bails, you know, easy payday for Liger. Hey, um, and we jump right into, as you'd expect. Oh, this is Battle of the Belts episode seven, by the way, where we get an AEW international title match. Orange Cassidy takes on and defeats Lance Archer by count out to retain. Um, Bro, Cassidy's entrance trying to blow the whole pyro budget. Bro. I know. What, what the doing? fuck's that, man? He's who, who's getting this money? Uh, no, uh, he used this smart dude. Uh, the story of this, Orange Cassidy used his genius to survive yet again another defense against a monster opponent. Uh, dude, I, I love the energy he brought to this match, bro. He didn't even wait as soon as the fucking bell rang. He was on him, dude. He knew. He's like, no, I can't fuck around here. This motherfucker could kill me. What a cool finish. This is how you beat Lance Archer. You let him fucking beat himself. Because Orange Cassidy, oh my god, he was selling that injury like a million bucks at the end, dude. I, I think I thought he was hurt for a second. The way he's holding his hand, I'm like, oh my god, is he okay? And pretty much he just tricks Lance Archer um to stay outside of the ring long enough after fighting out there. Yeah, this supports my theory that Orange Cassidy is actually like in storyline the most intelligent wrestler of all time. Which I think Oh, is it definitely true. does. 
every way he survived being beaten should be studied and put in a book. I mean, come on. Um, but yeah, uh, another another one bites the dust. Uh, Orange Cassidy just on the the roll continues, right? Any any thoughts you had from Lance Archer and him? I, I don't think it hurts Lance Archer losing to this incredible title. I, ring. I love that every time Jake the Snake gets over in a fucking town that he's in, that he just gets shut down by Lance Archer. I'm I'm waiting one of these times. You know they're gonna say just if it happens again, just lay me out. You know what I mean? And I know Jake the Snake will take the bump. You know what I mean? Yeah. However old he is. Talk about some and, fucking god tier heat on a. <laughs> oh, big time. And then Lance Archer will go off on his own. And that's when you start the true Lance Archer ascension. You know what I mean? Um, which, I mean, whoever knows what that ends, whether it ends in a title or if it ends in him just, you know, getting another feud for a title that ends in a big ass, like, you know, like how that one, like it wasn't like spectacular in, in Hangman's run, but like it definitely helped to elevate Hangman's run that he beat a guy like Lance Archer in a, in a Texas death match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, agreed. So, you know, um, yeah, I really, really, really fun match to open up the show. Like, he can't be Orange Cassidy's title run. Just like it's unbelievable. It's my favorite title run in wrestling right now, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Tony Schiavone's in the ring. Welcomes the acclaim. They accept QTV's challenge, and they would beat them in and out of the Royal Rampage. Bones then announced uh, next Saturday on Collision, the acclaim to Billy Gunn would get a rematch for the AW Trios title against the House of Black. So they're going to be working uh, Friday and Saturday. Then they scissored. On top of Tony Schiavone. <laughs> uh, you know, cool. The acclaimed, right? Uh, AW Women's World Title Match where Tony Storm defeats Ty Valkyrie by satellite interruption? If you guys don't know, the feeds were entirely cut because of storms in Calgary. So, this match was lost to the ether, unless you watched it after. Did you happen to watch this after the storms, or were you still affected? I did not get to see this match. So later they told us that Storm retained, showing Ruby Soho interfering and allowing Storm to hit the Storm Zero for the win. So uh, AEW had to panic do this. Um, this match is lost to the history books forever. I don't know if Fight TV has a feed. I, I have no idea. Um, but there you go. Uh, uh, I, I've never. I didn't think that would be the case, but that's where we are. Uh, Tony Schiavone welcomes Willow and Ricky. They give the uh, Owen Hart Foundation tournament uh, ceremony. She gave a nice little speech about the history of Calgary to the Hart family for officially presenting Nightingale and Starks with their commemorative title belts. Nice little moment. It's so cool seeing Ricky and Willow in this spot because, my God, good for them. They deserve this. Our main event, TNT title match, Luchasaurus. That boy, my guy. Defending against Sean Spears, where he retains. Uh, immediately, they show Scorpio Sky in the back watching, and I'm like, dude, are we really... Is this just an endless fucking circle? Time is an endless fucking loop with this goddamn title. Scorpio, who just came out... Once def- caught within the TNT title, what, what do you think Cody's going for when he comes back? He's not going for the world the title. Fucking, he's going for the TNT title. He's, he's going to challenge fucking Wardlow for the TNT title. I just know it. Um, Scorpio, who came out to absolute crickets last week. I like Scorpio. We don't need him to immediately go for this title. Whatever. That, that, I might be looking way too into that. Um, nah, bro, I'm telling you, it's because I wanted off Luchasaurus. <laughs> Spears is doing his thing. He's landing all his punches. Um, he had a really nice short arm clothesline. And, uh, yeah, Spears is getting his shit in. And, you know, it, the, the big spot is Luchasaurus chokeslamming him through the table at ringslide. 
at ringside. Ringside, he gets him back into the ring. Spears reversed the choke slam into a roll up for a really nice. Can, can I just can I just set the tone for everybody? I could zero shits to give about this match. I like Sean Spears and I like Luchasaurus. No fucks in the world to give about this match whatsoever. It was really hard to care about this match after Collision. Do you think Collision was too good for Battle of the Belts to follow it? I think it was. I think that it's was a possible. genuine problem. It's possible, but I mean, what are you supposed to do? Not put the good matches on Collision? Like, no, you can't do that. You know, so like, just, I, I think you should have picked a better week should, for Battle should, of the Belts. Should, should Battle of the Belts have had Bullet Club Gold? No, that needed to be on Collision. That needed to be yeah. on Collision. I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know what you put on. I do you see what I'm saying. I don't know what you do. Just, like, I think it's just it's, the wrong week for Battle of the Belts. It, it's all right. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't really care because look at the three matches they gave us. Maybe their logic was this, like if for some reason something had to run over, they could just, and I think they have done this with Battle of the Belts in the past, didn't they run a match over into Battle of the Belts once because they just didn't They ran something over, fucked. yeah. It was something, I think it was the last one. But, but this so finish, I mean, you, you know, know, Christian can use that. distracting Spears, Luchasaurus hits the lair to the back of the head, re- wins and retains. I like that, like he bounced him off the ropes and hit him with like a whiplash, like blindside, like sort of lariat deal. Like that was like, that was cool. I, I yeah, dug that. I, I dug that finish. And that is it for us, guys. That's the end of all of this. Again, um, if you stuck with us throughout this whole thing, thank you very much for sticking around. If you're interested in more of that Aaron Hanare story, or just Hanare now, uh, we retweeted some stuff on our Twitter. It's really cool to see how much of his community is coming together. And, you know, there's people that they, the, those traditions, they, they, they really believe in them. And, it's an honor and a and a fucking thing of pride to carry those on. And I've seen so many people like emotionally reaching out to him that maybe don't even watch wrestling. And they're like, wait, this guy's making the news for this. He's, he's doing this. No way. And it's just like, uh, this is why I love wrestling, man. It's really, it's, cool. it's one of the few like entertainment forms that truly can't bring all kinds of different walks of life's cultures and people that would never have like interacted with each other in this way before together. Like this is not something I would have known about probably without pro wrestling i mean i might have heard about it but it's not something in this context that i would have heard about um which i think i think the fact that pro wrestling is 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 where it is right now and that somebody like aaron hanari can represent a culture in that way says a lot about the state of pro wrestling yeah and absolutely the, the uptick that we're on right now just a really beautiful story and something um you know i i the match with shingo for the king of pro wrestling is one of my favorite matches this year. And I, I say that as, as someone who's watched an ungodly amount of wrestling is, you know, that's just what we do. We, it's what we do. And it's just that match stuck with me so much. And yeah, just, I really wanted to reminisce on that. And again, more than a classroom with our, with our friend Brady, it's just a really cool take on so many different topics. It's essentially evergreen content. And. You know, if you're interested in that, check that out. Again, the Duke of Derps on Twitch. If you want to catch Duke streaming where you streamed fucking some Modern Warfare 2 today, right? So got 100%. And so we've got some stuff coming at you. And guys, next week, if you want to catch us out where we're going to be talking some blood and guts. And who who would have known? Wait, some blood and guts. How great Collision was. We didn't even talk about Kodobushi till like 45 minutes in. So it's just like, that's how great Collision was this week. I'm so glad Collision exists. AEW feels very, very hot. And I love that feeling. Rick of Bone Zone crushed it. We don't have any music this week closing us out. But thank you very much for sticking around. We'll catch you guys on the flip side.